Welcome to Crit Apocalypse. It's Crit Apocalypse time. As you know, the time is Crit Apocalypse. We're going to review some stuff and things. And how are you doing today? What was that? That was an intro. That was the intro. It's episode 215. What do you want to know? Right. Ask me a question. You've got an intro now. Ask me a question. Ask me a fucking question. Ask me, Ant. Ant, how are you doing? Fantastic news. For anyone who doesn't know, Ant had to remove a cock-shaped lollipop from between his lips for a second. And then make some sort of gesture as if he was filleting said lollipop. I don't really understand what you're trying to say there, Ant. Is it performative art? A cock-shaped lollipop. Where would you get cock-shaped friggin' It's a banana lollipop. lollipop moulds. I assume it's a, lo- uh, it's a banana lollipop. Banana lollipop? Yeah. They don't do lollipops in banana flavour. Why wouldn't they? You never do. Just... What flavours do you get lollipops in? Orange. Blue raspberry. <laughs> Wait, what? Coca-Cola. <laughs> you think banana is outside the realm of imagination? For a lollipop, yes. What's a blue raspberry? Where's the blue one? There's, but the raspberries aren't blue, Ant. No, but it's to distinguish it from strawberry. That's why they make it blue. Oh. Yeah. Seems to know a lot about the flavour. Because there aren't many blue fruits. Blueberries? Yeah, but blueberries make shit lollipops. <laughs> Have you had one? Um, probably not. Hmm. I don't know. For all I know, the raspberry ones. Why is watermelon green? What? Why is watermelon green? When the fruit itself inside... It's usually pink. Is it? Yeah, usually watermelon's pink. Should be green because well, that's the colour of the fruit. That's been that's been Matt trying to make a joke about ant sucking a cock turned into a lollipop discussion. That's how we're going to start every Don't episode. Don't fucking now. toy with me when it comes to lollipop. Don't knowledge. toy with you. You say as you reach for a transformer. I see the visual jokes are what you're going for this week, are they? No, I just I just need a transformer to fiddle with. Okay. Well, anyway, and how you doing? Episode two hundred fifteen. What have you been up to? I'm just sitting here mostly. Yeah. How are you enjoying the new website X, formerly Twitter? It's not... It's, it's still Twitter. I'm not going to call it <laughs> fucking X. I am. Are you? Yeah, I'm going to call it X. Yeah. Like all the cool incels in that chat room that I like to frequent. Yeah. 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 I, I don't get... I don't get, like... I don't get any of the praise that people are giving him. Like, he's just such a thundering fucking moron. And people are acting like he's not. And I don't really understand how... Because there's a lot of morons out there maybe that's what it is yeah did you see uh, today on twitter the the fantastic trend is people going if everybody so, like, i was hoping that seeing oppenheimer would make a bunch of people want to become physicists just like the social network made a bunch of people want to become coders and i was like if you think that the whole point of the social network is to become a coder you got the wrong point from that movie. If you get inspired to be a physicist from watching Oppenheimer, yeah, you get the wrong message well from that movie. Try you for war crimes straight away. Yeah, just get get it done. Well, I mean, technically, the people who launched the actual bomb were the people committing war crimes. I mean, the scientists didn't really have any say in that side of things, and also they may or may not have been. They could have not made a big old. Yeah, I mean, they could have, but they were told the Germans would have one. They were told the Germans were way ahead of them, which technically the Germans were for a brief amount of time. And also, there were a bunch of operations to stop. Because the Germans were trying to use heavy water, which is ionised water. To... Isn't that the stuff they give for people who can't swallow properly, so they have the, the water that's, like, thick? Maybe, I don't know. But heavy Americans water... Americans have it. Oh, Americans have a lot of heavy things. Well, they have thick water because loads of Americans get really fat and their esophagus doesn't work properly. So they have the heavy water to drink, so it gloops down. Oh. Yeah, have you not seen that stuff? You no. don't get it over here. It's an American thing. 
So heavy war in this in this sense uh, is something they produce in a factory. Yeah. There's one place that made it in Germany that the Nazis could take occupation of. Yeah. There are a bunch of operations to stop it building, to stop it actually producing heavy water. But in reality, we didn't need to worry about it too much because it was a longer process to, for them to work out fusion. Like extra, fission. Wouldn't that be water with extra oxygen in it? Maybe. Yeah, which just make hydrogen. Yeah. Okay. So. But the way that we the the way that the Americans <sighs> produced the nuclear bomb was obviously through through the um, the demon core. So you know you've seen obviously you've seen the construction Buffy of the demon. vampire slayer. Yes. Yeah. It's like it looks it looks like um, it has hexagonal bits that you basically form a dome with. Yeah. And you it's more of a sphere. More of a sphere. Um, yeah, I guess so. And then and then you basically push those apart. To create a reaction, and that's mm. and that's someone did it with a flathead screwdriver, killed themselves. On the last day they were working on the project, they were showing someone how they did it with a flathead screwdriver. Their nickname was actually Flathead, and they shifted the plates using a Phillips head screwdriver. And as they were doing it, the last time they were ever meant to do it, when they were showing someone to do it, it slipped, and it was just open for a brief while. Killed them. Nine days, I think they lasted. Um, fucking insane. There was another incident where there was exposure to the core in a room full of people and someone, as soon as they were all exposed and then they, they shut the incident down, which was a matter of seconds, but one of the scientists realised that it was a chance to record what happens when you're exposed to that level of radiation, so he started writing people's names where they were standing on the ground and then they like used that to determine how long someone would die depending on the amount of radiation they were exposed to, where they were. And the fucking grim, but really fascinating stuff. Anyway... That's besides the point. Neither of us have actually fucking seen Oppenheimer. Have you seen Oppenheimer? No. I haven't seen Oppenheimer yet. So no. why the fuck are we talking about Oppenheimer? I don't know. You started This it. is a podcast where we intrinsically break down the... the just, just stop there. We just, we, just, we just go to such a degree that you could say we were experts in talking absolute nonsense for almost two hours every couple of weeks. Couldn't you, Anne? Just to the to the my. I don't know. I like to think what I talk about has actual meaning. Finite detail. How many transformers are you going to talk about this week? No, I haven't bought any transformers. Okay, but I've got one on the way. But finite any... details that we 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 observe things. Did you did you buy the one I sent you the link for? Those aren't transformers. Those are just like. Are they just like stickers. display things? Yeah, fucking. Oh. I mean, I kind of like the look of the the black and white one. Which one? There's a black and white Optimus that's clear chest. He's got a clear chest. No, it's the cyborg ones. Yeah. They do. Yeah. Looks all right. Looks all right. They're, anyway, they're Funko Pops type things. Speaking of Funko Pops, do you see Donald Trump has one? What? Donald Trump has like a rip-off Funko Pop that he's like, like he's made and is selling. And um, basically, I have, I I was one of the first people to sign up for Parler because I thought it'd be funny to be on the right wing right wing version of Twitter when it first started. Turns out it is a racist cesspool of hatred and homophobia. What? And I know, right? Who would have guessed? Hmm. And I could not stand being on there for any more than a couple of hours before I was just like, yeah, this is not for me, and deleted the app. Yeah, but, could, probably, we could probably should be able to figure that out without but sign up to it. I've stayed, on, details I've stayed on the mailing list oh, on my right. Gmail, yeah. and I constantly get offers for gold. Oh. I get updates on Chuck Norris's advice on how to, how to survive the oh, upcoming God. apocalypse. Chuck Norris. Yeah. Um... What was my favourite one? I had a few reasons. they remade Walker, Texas Ranger. Yeah. Uh, it's better, apparently. It's quite good. Mm. Um, but yeah, 
just just great stuff from from Parlor, the home of dog shit. Oh yeah, Gold Co. Biden fires warning shots. Biden's not holding back. He's warned you that he plans to raise oh, income Biden. taxes, death taxes, capital gains taxes, and corporate taxes. Some of some or all of which will affect you or your family in no. one way or another. If you're rich, if you're very wealthy, and let's not forget the massive inflation time bomb Biden and the Democrats are building. It's sickening. And if you don't plan for this now, you may as well kiss your retirement savings goodbye. But it's not too late yet. No, can we start to Bitcoin? Thousands of Americans are getting their free 2023 IRS loophole kit to discover the secret to protecting protecting their retirement savings from Biden inflation. Using the IRS loophole couldn't be easier. You don't need to be rich to use it. You don't are you need worried to be a tax about Biden to use it. coming for your income tax? Yeah, I am. I'm going to sign up for this. Look yeah. at him, he's so happy. Oh, look at Chuck. Chuck's like 84. Does it have a Chuck Norris fact on there? A really shit one written by him. No, it's got a nice it's got a nice little quote um that has clearly been written by him and signed by him because they've yeah. not just copy pasted a signature on on the email. Discover, no, he signed every email. He signed every email. Yeah. Discover the twenty twenty three IRS loophole Americans are using to protect their retirement savings. I did. Signed Chuck Norris. Oh, so you did tax evasion. <laughs> yeah. The IRS loophole kit is 100% free. The two-day FedEx shipping is 100% free. The process is 100% tax-free and penalty-free. Plus, you could get 10,000 or more. Penalty-free? Yeah. Plus, you could, you could get 10,000 or more in free silver. Oh, shit. Silver? Click here to get your free tax kit. And uh, I clicked there, and I'm still waiting. I don't know if it's free postage to the UK is a problem. Yeah. So I can't wait for that to arrive. Once that arrives, I'll share the secrets of you, Ant, if you're lucky. If not, I might just keep them to me and my good pal Chuck Norris. What was what was Chuck Norris famous for again? It was it was tax evasion, yeah. <laughs> so Ant, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about the information I'll show you about Chuck Norris? Norris. Norris. I just prefer to remember him how he lived. Yeah, not the bloated corpse they've got. Wandering around the earth trying mm. to sell shit. Oh yeah, so here you go, Hero Brands. That's the rip-off Funko Pop. That's that's copyright infringement, right? I mean, Funko Pops are full of copyright infringement anyway. They don't actually pay for likenesses know. or anything like that. They attain the license to the names, and then they don't pay the license for likenesses. That's why their Funko Pops look so crazy. So if if David Duchovny gets a Funko Pop of Mulder, he gets no money from it. I got an email from SOS America. Mm-hmm. Uh, wanting to share an anyway? exclusive offer for me. I could get The Democrat Party Hates America, the new book by Mark oh. R. Levin, for only a fucking dollar. Wow. Shop like a billionaire on there. <laughs> Timu, Timu. Yeah. Um, Saying that, that Timu's a big scam site, but um, someone, whoever's selling on there, has managed to find some extremely rare... Chinese Neja Transformer figures, yeah. which three of them never even got released in shops as far as anyone's aware, but somehow they found a crate of them and they've been getting sold on there. Oh, so you bought one. Well, I'm hoping someone will just turn up at TF Nation so I'd have to give any money to Temu, but um, but there's only four figures. One of them's a single deluxe figure because mm. it was going to be a cartoon and it got cancelled because of COVID and stuff. Never happened. And the other one's like a free pack of figures, but they are like super rare and they just turned up on that website. On the app, where Everywhere you shop like you a turn, billionaire. 
people are talking about the coming food shortages. Oh. According to a recent report by the USDA, fully one-third of all... That's how it actually was written. Of all acres planted last season will not be harvested now because of severe droughts oh. throughout America. Not because of foreigners. Not because of the foreigners that they've kicked out of their country that aren't working for them mm. anymore because they decided to build a wall and spend loads of money. As well as widespread fertiliser shortages. It's oh. funny how like America's the ones facing this. And they also subsidise. They don't have much fertilizer shortage because you know they took so much shit. Yeah, yeah. You'd expect them to be able right. to use that. The crops didn't stand about? a chance, and now they're being ploughed Fucking... under. One third of them. That means we can all expect to now. see higher food prices and shortages of nearly uh, everything you get at the grocery store. And yeah. not capitalism's fault. Not capitalism's fault. And clearly, it's time to get prepared for a worst case scenario if you haven't already done so. What should you do? Ask yourself, am I truly prepared if something bad suddenly scary. happens? scary. That makes me want to... <laughs> like, you want to buy? Yeah. yeah. We believe all patriotic American, Americans should be self-reliant. That's right, Ant. Self-reliant. This food does require quite a lot of water yeah, to I'd make it edible. Go to the supermarket and get food. <laughs> that means having backup Hunt supplies it. and resources for everything you need for daily life, especially food and clean water. Oh. Fortunately, you can easily enjoy that sense of security and peace of mind that comes from advanced what are you going preparedness. About? It's been Fifteen minutes of this now. No, I'm going to tell you what you can buy. I don't. Hurry! This offer ends know. soon. You can get. You can get Ant. Ant. Your order will arrive in two to three days in unmarked boxes for your privacy. <laughs> order of what? <laughs> it's multiple different foods. Oh, food. Yeah. Food arrives in unboxed. Yeah. Oh, good. I'd hate to think someone thought I was getting food. Click here, or the button below, and be the hero you're destined to be! <laughs> what if I subscribe to HelloFresh instead? I mean, that's probably a better shout. Is it cheaper? Yeah. Probably it's cheaper. Let me find out how much this is. How much? $80 a month. So, do you want... $200 a month. Do you... Okay, alright. So, um... The page you were trying to send you to is it has a redirect notice. None of those pages are going to co- conform to GDPR... No, 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 no. And they're all going to be blocked by UK. Oh, okay. Look, here we go. Here we go. So, so we can buy now. This is the this is a one week emergency food supply. Oh shit! I need okay. that just in case I run out of food this week. What's it? What's it come with? It doesn't actually list what it comes with. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Pepsi so, and, Cola. And now you can save thirty dollars on our most popular one week emergency food supply that gives you all the new the delicious nutritious food you see here. So cheesy broccoli soup, four servings. Sweet. Maple Grove oatmeal, eight servings. Oh, wow. Strawberry flavoured creamy wheat, eight servings. Is there any corn in there? Creamy chicken flavoured rice, eight servings. Chicken flavoured. Yeah. Chicken chicken flavoured rice. (laughs) And, and. Hit, look, look, before you salivate too much, here's the next the next couple of bits you get. Mac and cheese, four servings. Oh, shit, America's dinner. Yeah. <laughs> Long grain white rice. Americans Guess how love many mac servings? and cheese, and they always take the mick out of poutine, and poutine is like a million times better. Yeah, it is. Then poutine's and fucking amazing. How many servings of long grain white rice, white, white rice do you think you get in this? Uh, for a week. For a week. Three whole servings. Ten servings? For a week. You can eat a fuck ton of rice, boy. Uh, Homestyle potato soup. No, so you order this and it comes now. It's an emergency, just in case. It takes like in a the week next to couple arrive. of days. It takes a week 
Yeah. Um, this all goes down. Tomorrow might be a day too late. Our resealable four-letter heavy-duty packages keep out air, light, and moisture. Oh, so no matter when disaster strikes or the economy breaks you can buy down, one, in 20 ready. years you can make a YouTube video. <laughs> Just buy some old fucking rations. Um, There's loads of YouTubers who make a living out of it. Disney's woke politics is slaughtering oh, yeah. them. Like, this is basically all it is is this negativity delivered to your email, and it's pretty fucking funny. Because sometimes you do read it, and they're like, they're like, someone is actually reading this and going, Duh, I don't need to prepare for the upcoming apocalypse. I don't know. They were like a Polish Texan. I don't know what accent that was. I don't know what's going on. It's been 16 minutes, 17 minutes now. Who's timing of us? this bullshit. Who's timing us? I've got to edit this thing. Who's timing us? Yeah, that's right. Fart sound. What? There wasn't a fart. <laughs> um, all right. Okay. I guess we'll start reviewing stuff. Is it me first this week? Sure. Why not? And I am going to tell you something, right? I like to see the latest movies. I like to stay up to date with the newest trends. I just fucking love watching films. You just watch train pulling into a station. <laughs> big, big trains. That's actually a program on Amazon. Um, no. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to list off some stuff and you tell me what film you think I saw. All right. So America dabbling in powers they don't understand. A crisis that affects the entire world and the ramifications of it. And some beautiful, beautiful cinematography. What do you think I watched? What do you think I watched? Transformers the movie, 1986. No, what no. do you think I watched? Be sensible now. You know the answer. Be sensible. Yeah, you know the answer. Those three um, things, what's... Battleship Potemkin. No, and come on. You. It's a recent film. I like to stay up to date. I said that. That was one of the first things I said. A recent film. Recent film. within mm. Released in the last couple of days. Roadhouse. Bro, there's a remake out. There is a remake, isn't there? With yeah. Jake, Jake Gyllenhaal. Is that actually out? Is that out? I don't know. I don't think it's out yet. I wouldn't watch it. No, I mean, I would, but yeah, it's not out yet. The original's a classic. The original's amazing. Red shirt don't hurt. Come on now. Shut up. Shut up now. I don't know what you're on um, about. Of course, I watched Resident Evil Death Island, the oh. new Resident Evil CGI movie based oh. on the series Resident Evil oh. of video games and other CGI movies. Uh. Why don't you ask me a question about that film, Ant? That's right, Ant. What is going to be more scary than zombies who can transmute... Uh, trans, trans, no one knows what's going on with Resident Evil. Everyone's checked out after Resident Evil 4, man. What are you fucking talking about no one knows about Resident Evil? Do you want me to break down the entire history of the Resident Evil games? No, no, Too bad, because you've asked for it. Now, Resident Evil Zero. It starts out, we haven't got to the Spencer Mansion yet. Instead, we're out in the Arclay Mountains where we're Rebecca Chambers and Billy. What Billy- happens in Resident Evil 6? Resident Evil 6 is the story of not only our, our favourite yeah, son, yeah, Leon S. Kennedy, yeah. protecting the president with yeah. a consort who helps him travel through yeah. Raccoon City, which has been re... No, wait, it's not Raccoon City. It's, no, it's not. It's a university town. I can't remember the name of the university town. But the president gets infected by fucking zombie virus, and it's up to oh, Leon shit. and his consort but to get out of that's not the only story. Town. They end up in Tokyo. What? That's not the only story. No, 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 because Chris Redfield is also there with his best friend, yeah. Pierce. And Wesker's son. I'm going to get to Wesker's son. Yeah. That's the last part I'm going to talk about. It's really good story. How does this tie into Resident Evil 7? That's it the doesn't. great part. It doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't. It just doesn't, Ant. How does Resident Evil 6... No, sorry. How does Resident Evil 5 tie into Resident Evil 7? That's right, Chris Redfield appears at the end, confusingly, in an umbrella outfit. Why does he turn up in an umbrella outfit? Is he someone pretending to be a member of Umbrella? 
I guess we'll find out. Anyway, so Death Island. Um, it's a new CGI movie. It's set after Resident Evil 6, which is in the continuity of this series for some reason. So the movies follow 6. Yeah. He talks about Pierce, who is his... Before 7. What? In, no, in the, in the film I watched, Death yeah. Island. Talk about 6. Mm. They don't talk about 7. They only talk about 6. Okay. Yeah. And they talk about 6, specifically mention Pierce, who Chris Redfield's training to be his replacement in the BS... Is, I think it's the BSCA or BSAA, uh, which is a biohazard biohazard team that goes in and takes down big squidly diddly monsters. You got it? You got it? Sounds original. We've got all the team are back together. Oh. Right, we've got Leon. We've got Claire Redfield. We've got Chris oh, wow. Redfield. We've got Jill Valentine. We get to see what happened if Claire met Jill. No, they've met in other we? films. We get to see what happens if Leon met Chris. Yeah, they've met in other films. Yeah, we get to see what happens if... Chris acknowledges Claire. <laughs> if Rebecca Chambers meets... Rebecca's in it! She yeah. turns up! As a zombie? No, she's uh. human. Um, so in this film... That Napoleon guy. Which one? From Resident Evil 4, the little Oh, Toy Salazar. Guy. Yeah, Salazar. No, he's not in this. Oh. No, he's in He 4. was cool. He was cool. He, he was, was really good. In the, in the remake, he was really good. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, so basically the story is that these four groups are all going to Alcatraz Island because a terrorist group has taken over the island for nefarious purposes. It turns out that it's not The Rock, Sean Connery and Nicolas Cage starring classic film with Ed Harris as a villain. Wait, no. Was it Ed Harris in The Rock? It was Ed Harris in The Rock with the green balls. Yeah. And John C. McGinley. And uh, John C. Tony Todd. Yeah. Had loads of people in that film. Oh. Good movie. You Um, like The Rock, don't you? I've watched it like once. Because that song, Stop. The Rock yes, can't stop thing. the rock and give it stop the rock. Anyway, so Death Island. So they're all going to this island. It turns out there's a new type of virus ant because there's always a new type of fucking virus. It can't be transmitted through bites, so it can't be transmitted through saliva or scratches. Well, but a bite will will kill a person. Yeah, it will fuck them up. It's a bit like a Komodo dragon. It's just all that filth and grossness so unlike, in the mouth. Unlike all the previous versions of. Well, no, in the previous versions, it would kill you, but it would also infect you with the disease. In this one, it does not infect you with the disease. Oh, it just kills you. Just kills you. Oh, that's not scary. So, but scary, the scary thing is, of course, nanites. Oh, sweet. They've got these tiny little, little bug bots. Mm. They're tiny, tiny little bug bots. Mm. And they fly on you and they inject you. You can't shoot them because they're too tiny, but they'll get you and they stab you and then you got the disease. That's, um, that's a plot device sort of thing that was happening in. Carmen Riley Gates this year. Was it? They stole it. Stole well, they it from had Resident Evil, tiny they? miniature versions of the monsters and they were yeah. getting in people's bodies. Yep, stole it from Resident Evil Death Island. I don't know. They stole it from Resident Evil Death Island. Yeah, yeah. What do you think takes longer to longer to, to direct and, and and make? A CGI, an entirely CGI film or a bunch of people in suits going, bleh, bleh. That's your That's your show, man. Is it? <laughs> yes! Resident Evil Death Island's fine. It's a CGI movie. There's a 20-minute, like, little action. One of the things I will say is that the action set pieces in this, pretty good. Like, the way that it's just, like, they've gone, like, all right, yeah, fuck it. We'll just go we'll just go hog wild. We'll just, like, have, like, multiple little beats here and there that look pretty good and pretty fun. Um, and it's, it's nice that, like, they actually use the CGI 
The fact that it's all CGI, they have the camera floating around. It always moves like oh, shit in these CGI animated films. It looks, it looks good in this. They're always like... Bit, 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 all no, it looks, it looks good in this. I like it. It's fun. Does anyone jump like 40 foot in the air and shit? No. No? It's, no, it's Resident Evil. Resident Evil, yeah. It's not not bloody Matrix. I don't know. They had that knife fight in Resident Evil 4. That was... That was the game! This is different. This is a movie! Oh, it's realistic because of that, yeah. They've got gravity. <laughs> yeah. Gay night fight. What do you mean, gay knife fight? That was a very straight display of love for two men in a plutonic way. Mm. Two men trying to penetrate penetrate each other is very straight, Anne. Yeah. 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 Straight as anything. Yeah. Yeah. It's very alpha to dominate another it's man. It's very, no, it's very Sigma. Oh, is it? Yeah. yeah. You remember Sigma's the level up from alpha for these oh, yeah, idiots. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I take all my advice on how to live my life from people that can't have sex with women because they choose not to. <laughs> not because they can't. It's because they choose not to, and What do they call themselves? They call themselves alphas. No, or incels. Or black-pilled, or red-pilled, they or whatever. They call themselves incels. Incels, yeah. Involuntary celibates no, who no, choose... No, 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 It's involuntary because they don't want to volunteer. Well, the fact is, women smell. Yeah, they... And they have cooties. Have you ever been near a vagina? They're scary. Welcome it's... to our new podcast... Just guys being guys talking about girls. Just guys being dudes. Just guys being dudes. And just doing do. I mean, being dudes. Um. Oh, God. <laughs> Andrew Tate's going to prison for such a long time. And I cannot wait. It's going to be so funny. No, the Matrix is, is the, oh, Matrix. the Matrix. The Matrix. He's awesome. going to break the Matrix. Yeah. If he knows how to crack the Matrix, maybe he can fly. Yeah, yeah, he should do that. Or maybe he should program himself a fucking personality beyond being a rapist pedo. <laughs> fucking pedo cunt. Anyway, sorry, Resident Evil, Death Island. Um, I got distracted for a sec calling Andrew Tate a pedophile cunt. Um, he's actually been charged with sex crimes, and I'm sorry, it has been, it has been, uh, rumoured with some evidence that he has been attempting to groom girls under the age of 16, making him a sex offender that specifically targets children. But he's also probably a pedo cunt, right? What do you reckon, Anne? Odds are? If he was in a Resident Evil film, he'd just be a bioweapon. He'd, he'd be one of the zombies. Yeah, he'd just be a bioweapon. He'd be like, he'd be like shoot him. Actually, they'd him. just eat him. They'd just kill him. He'd be, he'd be one of the ones that gets splatted comically by a foot. you find crying in a locker. Yeah. <laughs> you would be. Anyway, Resident Evil Death Island. If you're a fan of these CGI films, it's a lot of fun. It's actually it's actually a lot of fun, and it like it's changed a few things in Resident Evil lore. It's played with a few things. The end fight where it's all four people and they're running around, and there's like a few callbacks of it. It feels very very like Super Smash Bros. A little bit because because like Jill suddenly has a rail gun. They've got a rail gun there for some reason, which yeah. is very much Resident Evil Three. If you Read the visual novel, mobile novel, oh, had, Resident had, Evil, had, you would know how she had, got the rail gun. Had. If there's something to do with Resident Evil out there, I've probably fucking read it, mate. Yeah? Yes. What about, did you read the... The um, Marvel comics that no, they released? No, no. The, the novelizations. The legal report on the accident caused by Paul Dovis Anderson and their lack safety um, rules on the set <laughs> of Resident Evil, the final the chapter. Of, no, I have not read Which the resulted report. in a stunt woman losing her arm and degloving her face. Oh, that's... Can we just, can we just for a moment, just quickly talk about the term degloving? That film was not worth it. No, it was not. But the term degloving is fucking incredible, isn't it? Yeah. 
like the fact that there is a term for having the skin just ripped off of your body. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that film was not worth it. But a woman died to make a Transformers movie. She didn't die. Oh, did she not? No, the one who got the cable. Yeah, just life-altering injuries. No, she didn't die, no, no. She just can't drive anymore. Or... Took a big chunk off the top of her head. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why they weren't allowed to film on the highway until yeah. they used footage from the island to yeah. complete the scene. I don't think they should have been allowed to go anywhere near a highway ever again. Why is no one in jail? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, Resident Evil Dead, Death Island. If you've got like patience for this stuff, really fun. It's a lot of, lot of fun. And it's, again, it, and like I said, it's, it's very video gaming. It understands what it is and it doesn't try to, doesn't try to fuck about and be anything more than that. So if you, if you do enjoy this sort of thing, it's going to be right there for you. But I think if you've not got any patience for the extended lore, or if you don't so know... So did they rush this out because the last Resident Evil film in the cinema was, you know, tosh? It wasn't tosh. That was good. People people don't like it because it, like, initially... It looks like a CW Yeah, it show. does. It does. But, like, those CW shows are good. It's got the cast Yeah, but those CW shows are good. I think it was because... It's got it was, Neil McDonough. Yeah, I think it was originally going to be, like, a Netflix thing. Yeah. And I think that's why it became... But there was a Netflix series. Yeah, but there was also meant to be a Netflix film, and I think they just... They thought it was... They were going to release it in cinemas. And it... But it is good. It's actually all right. Mm. Like, give it a chance, because I think you'd like that a lot more than a lot... A lot of the backlash to that film was initially because they cast a coloured person as Jill Valentine. <gasps> and, like, people lost their shit. I feel a lot of the backlash was because it looked like crap. No, it was just literally... It was like... Initially, it was like, that's not my Jill. That's not my Leon. Because Leon was an Indian actor and Jill was an African-American actress. No, wasn't Leon... Mexican? He's the guy from... Is he a Mexican actor? Yeah, he's a um, half-Spanish guy. He's in iCarly. Oh, is he half-Spanish? He's the kid from... He's the kid from iCarly. Not iCarly. Um, Victorious. Victorious, yeah. The the chump boyfriend in Victorious. The one who's a doormat for the goth girl. Which, to be fair... Avan Jogia. Sorry, like that maybe. Yeah. But yeah, like a lot of the cast. Was Dan so, Schneider involved in the Resident Evil? <laughs> so, um, Hannah John Kamen, that's the lady that plays. Jill. The one who played Ghost. Oh, yeah, I remember. Yeah. yeah. So she's really good. She's actually really Ghost good. Ghost in Ant Man 2. Yeah. She's actually Ant-Man really and good. The, Wasp. the whole film's actually pretty good. It's just. Yeah, I'm never some... going to watch it. <laughs> okay, but yeah, it just most of the backlash came from people just not liking that they changed the ethnicity of some of the characters. Um, but yeah, um, I still I I stand by that being a good movie. This, however, is like a stray on Matthew Modine. You're either gonna love it or you're gonna hate it. It's not like there's not people like Matthew Modine. Why do you, you who hates up? Matthew Modine? Nobody knows oh. who the fuck he is ex- before Stranger Things, and I've been using this before Stranger Things was on TV, so. Matthew Modine's a legend. Straight down the middle. He's quite tall. Hit or miss as to whether or not what he's in is good. Yeah. Mostly miss. Dark Knight Rises. Was he in that? Yeah, he plays a police chief. Does he? Yes. I forgot. He gets shot like immediately after coming I watched, out of the sewers. I watched Dark Knight Rises like once. It was tosh. Yeah, it's not very good. I'm going to be the first to say that um, Christopher Nolan, a bit overrated. Uh, I disagree for the most Oppenheimer part. Oppenheimer might be great. He might be able to produce a great film. But I find most of his films kind of robotic and tosh. Like what? Most of his films. Yeah, but name I one. think his best one was like... Zodiac? He didn't direct Zodiac. No, it was David Fincher. No, it was David Fincher. <laughs> no. Insomnia's better than anything after like Dark Knight. I didn't like Insomnia. I'm thinking Memento. Memento's really good, yeah. Dark Knight Rises was wank. Yeah, it was, yeah. Batman Begins at Dark Knight were good, though. Yeah. Yeah. 
I couldn't. You review Anne. Just haven't seen Interstellar. I liked Interstellar. Not seen Dunkirk. Can't be asked. I liked Dunkirk. Yeah. Um, I think you, Dunkirk was. Overrated. What's the one with the dreams? Um, Inception. Inception. I liked Inception. I was yeah, it's all right. I mostly liked Inception because uh, for other film, um, Tom, what's his name, Tom Hardy is just like a bisexual nightmare. Just like he doesn't need to take chemicals to gain your dreams. He was like on my mind the whole film. He's very handsome and he's very like hello, sweetie. No, that's what happens in Star Trek Nemesis. Hello, he uses the um, the power of thing. power of being Tom Hardy. <laughs> he gets the Reman guy no, to transmit his thoughts into. People's heads. But yeah, he is played uh, by Ron Perlman. Really? Yeah, the big Reman guy, his big buddy. What? It's Ron Perlman. <laughs> Ron Perlman was in something I saw the other day. Rise of the Beast. Oh. Yeah, and also still making my way through Beauty and the Beast, the nineteen eighty-seven classic series. Oh. And your review? Fuck. Um, right, I need to have my thing up because Star Trek Voyager season six. Talking of Star Trek. Yeah. See how I segued you into that. Yeah, it's great. Um, so, Star Trek Voyager Season 6. I need the thing up to see what episodes are on there, because here's the problem. I'm halfway through Season 7 already, and it's hard to remember what each episode was. But, do you know what? 6 was um, just another series of Voyager. Uh, nothing major happened, apart from 7 of 9 picking up a bunch of kids Yeah. on the way. Okay. They um, found a damaged board cube in one episode, and like... Um, there was a bunch of children, because normally children go in maturation chambers when they're assimilated to age them up quickly. Oh, okay. So they can be useful to the collective. Yeah. Um, you know, because they're fresh young bodies, they can, you know, borgify from early age and all that. Um, but this board cube had been damaged and some of the children had been released early and they were like struggling to keep the ship together and they were trying to act like they're really, you know, we know what we're doing, don't stop. The network's not working properly. Mm. Starting to regain individuality and seven helps free them, and then she's got a bunch of kids she has to look after for a series. Um, they just crop up every now and again. They're all geniuses, of course, because they're in the Borg. Yeah. Um, and then, like, two episodes into series seven, she just sort of gets rid of three of them. Um, just up and just finds family to take them. It's like, yeah, fucking get get off the ship. Um, and they keep Icheb. Do you remember from Star Trek Picard? He's the one who got his eye ripped out and killed on the table. No. Um, in season one. I didn't watch any... Well, I tried watching Picard and I couldn't get it. It's not a shit. Um, season three is good, though. But anyway, Voyager, it's, you know, it's... it's, it's oh, I've lost my point. Right. So, what episodes stand out in this series? Because this is just them travelling through space. What was Equinox? What was the Equinox one? Part two. Equinox. Uh, I can't remember what happened in Equinox. It was something to do with some guy. There's just loads of episodes that aren't particularly... Big oh spirit folk oh there's an episode yeah so they have a holodeck program right which is like an Irish town and every few series in Voyager they try to create like a a holodeck program that becomes the place where the crew hang out and they keep changing their mind about what it's going to be so they did an Irish town and they had this whole episode where Janeway um, falls in love with one of the holograms because you know she's a bit lonely out in space yeah of course and you know not long ago she found out her um, fiance had moved on what happened to her babies. Well, the salamander babies on left them on the planet, they're fine. No, I want to know what happened. They probably, you know, evolved really quickly and died out. Why would they die if they evolved really quickly? Shouldn't they be like, uh, they'd be in a, that's like Too a species quick. that can adapt? Too quick to live. No oh. mother around. Anyway, they had this Irish town. She fell in love with one of the things and the holograms. Yeah. Cause it was, you know, a bit too real and all this sort of stuff. And stuff happened. Anyway, in this episode, um, one of the Irish 
individuals in the town that's been running for ages, so they're starting to like think a bit more than they're supposed to. Because yeah. that's what happens when they've got little learning protocols. Um, they witness Tom Paris sort of goofing around and playing a prank on Harry Kim and changing things in the holodeck. Mm. Like, you know, they witness it. And because they've been on the whole time, they've not got the perception filter. Normally on holodecks, like, there's a perception filter, so the holodecks don't acknowledge any interaction that they shouldn't be witnessing. So any controlling of the holodeck, any doors opening to the ship, all that sort of stuff, any communications with outside the holodeck, all that. But um, they kind of messed this up and the perception filters are gone and now everyone in the holodeck in this Irish town thinks Tom Paris is a demon and they start hunting the... They start grabbing the crew and trying to do witch trials and shit on them. Um, And the Doctor's been playing a priest in the holodeck and so they think he's in on it. Um, And it all goes crazy. It goes mad. So it's a bit like The Exorcist. Because they kind of want their own freedom and stuff. And after that episode, you never see him again. Um, Oh, of course not. Why would you want a continuing character from that sort of thing? Oh, Memorial. That's a really good episode. What happens in Memorial? Um, They're flying past this planet. They're sort of observing this planet. And everyone starts having all these weird sort of visions that they've been in a war. And all this sort of stuff, and yeah. they don't know what the hell's going on. Like they're like, no, we we were literally in a war. We saw all this stuff happening, and gradually the rest of the crew start to experience. And they all start having post traumatic stress and all this sort of stuff because mm. to them they've been in this war, and it's like they just experience it in their sleep and all this sort of stuff. And they don't what's happened. They're all convinced that they were maybe taken by aliens and brainwashed and made to fight in a war. But once it's the whole crew, they're like, nah, this couldn't have been possible because we just, <laughs> so just like, nah. But it turns out the planet's got this big old memorial on it to mm. a war that happened and wiped out loads of people. And the memorial is built to transmit like subconscious frequencies of the story of what happened in the war to any passing ships to make them basically be like, oh shit, we ain't going to get involved in this again. Mm. Sort of like, we should learn a lesson from this war. And it basically puts you in the roles of people who committed war crimes and shit like that during the war. So the whole crew is getting traumatised by war crimes that they're committing and they're all just like, no, you don't know what it was like down there. We had to kill those people. Harry Kim has a thing where he finds some people in a cave and he freaks out and shoots them and stuff. And he's like, why did I do that? And it's like, you didn't, man. They figured it out. It was a war. More. It, was, it was like a war thing. And the don't whole moral dilemma comes down to is, should we turn this thing off? We shouldn't because it's a memorial to a war. It's like, it's serving a purpose of letting people know that's the whole point of these memorials. It's like, you know, so you know not to repeat these mistakes. That's why you have... You know, like we've got a pillar in town, haven't we, with all the names of people who died from Woking in World War One. Yeah. And so you can read it and see all these names. War's bad. Yeah. And so what they do is they set up and they put some beacons out to say, look, you can come near this planet, but you're going to fucking get traumatised by it. You should have, you know, you should be prepared. Hmm. They put, they put a, um, they put a friggin', what do you call it? Trigger warning outside the planet to let everyone know, I guess, didn't they? So right, you wouldn't so- accidentally wander in and get you know, freaked out by the planet. But I think that's a really cool episode, that one. I like that one. Because, you know, the, in the end, they weren't like, we should just blow this thing up or turn it off. They were like, no, this is important. We have to leave it, even though we're all suffering from post-traumatic stress syndrome from a war we didn't take part in. That feels like we did. It's a good episode. That is a good episode. I mean, that's a really interesting It's about the third or fourth time well. someone on Voyager has been brainwashed into taking part in a war. But, you know... <laughs> There's an episode earlier in the in the show year, ages ago where Chakotay um, gets brainwashed into taking part of it in a war. But that was a real war. 
There wasn't like a memory of a war. He was actually taking part in a war. Oh, so he was actually in a war. Yeah, yeah. You think you'd figure out how many times you get him brainwashed and stuff. Um, oh, Haunting Deck 12. There's a fun episode. Um, they're going to go to this nebula. You don't know why, but the ship's going to have to have all its power systems turned off. And Neelix is put in charge of a bunch of the, the Borg kids. And in order to make sure they're not too afraid, he decides to tell them a story about why they couldn't go on go Deck 12 and there's some weird, creepy stuff going on. And it's basically a whole like horror story about something on the ship that's trying to kill everyone and wipe people out. He tries to tell them it happened just before you came on board. Um, and he's like, yeah, so they're going to go and they're going to release them into this nebula to take them back to where they came from because they were like a photonic form of life okay. that they accidentally absorbed into the so, ship. Wait, what is photonic life? Uh, sort of light-based life. As oh, such. okay. It's like a sort of thing. It's basically like a photon ray. Yeah, it's been taking control of computer systems and stuff like that. And they basically... It was going to destroy the ship because it took full control of the ship. It didn't realise, though. but Because um, it was basically trying to force them to take it to a nebula so they could release it back into a nebula. Yeah. Um, and Neelix is all like telling the kids this scary story. It's like a horror story. Of people on the ship getting like killed and stuff like that. Turns out it happened, oh. and uh, the end of the episode is just like, yeah, them releasing the the photons. His horror story was true, even though he messed up some of the scientific elements of it. It's not his strong point, which oh, the board kids kept pointing out. Yeah, as it turns out, it's a fun episode. It's a decent one, but um, oh, this is also the series with Sunkatsu. Who? Sunkatsu. Sunkatsu is the episode with the rock in it. <gasps> His yes. first, his first TV acting gig. Really? Yeah, back in two thousand, wasn't it? Um, it's the one where um, Seven of Nine gets captured and forced to fight in like a UFC style fight because UFC was popular at the time. Yeah, I mean it's just died out, wasn't it? And he was a, he was a monster. He was one of the ones she has to fight early on. Ah. He's only in it for like five minutes. You don't see him again afterwards. No, of course. Um, not. He wasn't a recurring character because he wasn't famous enough. No, he was just he was just there to do a people's elbow and a a rock bottom. Did, did the he eyebrow. do both? He did the eyebrow. <gasps> he did the rock bottom. Does he have a makeup on though? Yeah, he's got like um, forehead the lazy, ridges. Yeah, ridges. Yeah, because yeah, when they've got love them got ridges. nothing else they can think of, <laughs> they just put some ridges on there. Yeah, don't they? But that's, that's an alright episode. But yeah, season season six though is is very. It's just it's just a series. Um, it has a cut. I think it has another episode where they um. They contact the Alpha Quadrant and they establish like this data stream with the Alpha Quadrant. But then get information from them, and that comes up again in series seven. Hmm. There's like this is their every thirty days or so they receive a data stream from the Dale Quadrant. They can from the Alpha Quadrant they can send messages back. So people back home know the Voyager is 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 alive now. They know they've not been blowing up or anything, but um, they don't know how to get back. But Richard McGonagall turns up in that episode. No, oh. you know Victor Sully from yeah. Uncharted. Yeah, yeah. Look at him doing yeah. stuff. Actual stuff. Yeah, there's been a few episodes about that. Reginald Bar- Barkley. Yeah. Excuse to get Deanna Troy back. He's the only Next Generation cast member that was willing to come back. But they keep mentioning the other characters and they don't they don't appear. They never appear. Um, but, you know, I guess Marina Sirtis didn't have much to do at Who's the time. Marina Sirtis? The plays Deanna Troy. Okay. Jeez, show some respect. I don't know any of these people. Man. To your elders. Well, you it's an alright series, season six. It's fine. Um, the ending, ending, it's a two-parter, bit of a cliffhanger, mm. where um, Seven of Nine starts having dreams. <gasps> that she's in some sort of but place. But can't have dreams. No, but it's just it's like that she's inside some sort of world where all these people are. And they were like, no, we're Borg. We're just like individual Borgs. Yeah. 
They're like, apparently they're part of this random group, very small percentage of Borgs. It's like a imperfection in their thing that basically allows them to connect to this sort of virtual world where they're not Borgs and they get to live individually in their, in their sleep when they're regenerating. Yeah. But when they wake up, they forget they were ever there. But, you know, every time they go back to regenerate, they're back in there and they start to plan basically a rebellion. And their plan is to sort of take out Borg cubes from the inside by freeing the this handful of people. Um, bit reckless because yeah. there's only like one in one million and that's not enough. The average Borg cube doesn't have a million people on it. And if How it did, does it normally have? Uh, hundreds of thousands, but but not a million. Yeah. What if it was a slightly bigger Borg cube? I mean, there's small Borg cubes, there's big Borg cubes, it's an entire Borg city. There's an entire Borg city. Yeah, it's like a whole series of interlinked. What's the name of things. it? Um, Unimatrix One. Oh, so it's not got mm. like a fun name. No, they're all Unimatrix something though. But well. it's an alright two part. It's one for seven of nine to you know have a romance story because it turns out she was one of those, you know, one of those ones when she was in the Borg. Which could explain why she had an easier time becoming individual, I guess. Maybe, <laughs> but She's she doesn't smart, remember it. Smart Borg, but that's a two-part thing, and it goes up to a cliffhanger with um, the Voyager crew getting on board the Borg ship to try and do a thing to free people from Unimatrix Zero, so they retain their memories when they wake up. Um, but it, but Balana, Tuvok, and Janeway get assimilated at the end of the episode. So they're now Borgs. I guess so. We'll have to wait until season seven to find out they're not. That is part of the plan. Um, they had like stuff done to stop them being taken over by the Borg. So they just look like Borgs and appear in the collective, but they aren't actually Borgs. Yeah, no, they're they're working on their own so they can they can wander around freely. Bit reckless, but yeah. I mean, they already had like inhibitors that stop the Borg from spotting you. I mean, probably not for long enough to carry out the mission, but you know, long enough to get by. It gives you a good cliffhanger. For the yeah. series, doesn't yeah, it? Of course. Because what's bigger than Captain Picard getting assimilated by the Borg in that one episode? Best of both worlds. Janeway. Three yeah. members of the crew getting assimilated. Oh, yeah. three members of the crew. Yeah. Did they find Janeway's kids though? No, they're not. They're not kids. They're just. They're dead. That bitch needs to take responsibility for them kids. It's okay, she just won't put it in the she report. Put them into like an adoption service or anything. I just feel like it's a blatant disregard for like just left life. Them it's fine. They've just created life on a planet. Who knows? Maybe they'll come across someone dead in the future. I think they turned up in. I think there's some of those salamander things were seen in in lower decks. Oh really? I think so. Yeah, possibly. I need to rewatch some of lower decks. It's a good yeah. series. Yeah. Man. Um. Season six, it happened. It's over. That bitch needs to look Standard Rogers. What she needs locking up? No, she needs to look after them kids. Doesn't matter. She's, she's not like going to look after those kids, and she needs to go. She's to like adoption forty thousand light years away from she now. She needs to go to an adoption age. She needs to be like, hey, look, I got these kids. They're salamander babies that I had with my ensign. He's, he's a lieutenant. Is he a lieutenant? Yeah, he got demoted in season five, but he's oh, a, okay or something. In season five was or he six? An no, in season five, and he gets re-promoted. Well, he got demoted to ensign, and then he got re-promoted to okay. lieutenant again. In season seven, yeah. Okay. Um, bop, 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 yeah. Bop, bop, bop. It's fine. Da, it's da, another da, series. Da, 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 da. Um. Okay. My next review, and I'm gonna. I want to ask you a question. I recently watched a movie. It's a big movie. It's one of those movies everyone is watching. What's that? Elon Musk says that um, if done right, X would become half the global financial system. The vision is to create the most efficient database. For the thing that is money, goals, least amount of fraud, 
everything real time seamless integration. If anything, he wants to make Twitter's PayPal, known for PayPal minimal again. fraud. He wants to make PayPal again. Well, he wanted to change PayPal's name to X years ago. Yeah, didn't he, he did. Yeah, mm. he wants to make PayPal again. Bam, 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 bam. What an idiot that man is. Um. So anyway, yeah. So, uh, so, and sorry. Um, I saw a movie. Did you? I saw a movie. I watched a movie, Ant. I watched a movie called Venture Brothers. The Blood of the Baboon Sun or Moon or whatever it was. <laughs> You've seen Venture Brothers, Ant. What's Venture Brothers? It's a show. Yeah, but what's what's it? What's Venture Brothers about? It's a TV show about. Yeah, what's people? Venture Brothers about? Family. That's right. It's about my familiar. Me familiar. Oh, it's the Venture Brothers. Radiant is the blood of the baboon heart. Yeah. Um, so, um, for anyone who doesn't know, Venture Brothers uh, is a Johnny Johnny Quest style TV program. Johnny Quest mixed in. Well, it's just like a Hanna Barbera adventure detective show with young kids. But it's it's also got loads of elements of other other sixties and seventies sort of um, pseudo science. And super science ideas all mashed into this like satire of that that era in, in TV and stuff. Yeah, and uh, and they go on adventures. Uh, often their dad is an insufferable prick who does horribly evil and devious shit to make money. Um, most of the time, riding on the coattails of his father's inventions and not telling people, or just flat out ripping off ideas that other people have had. But um, they had. They had eight seasons, seven seasons, sorry, of the initial show. Don't know. It's not on HBO Max anymore, is it? No, it's not. But they had they had seven seasons of this incredible TV show. It had all these twists and turns, some great episodes, some like really interesting ideas, and then and then just it suddenly got cancelled along with a lot of other adults from TV programs because Rick and Morty became big, and that was like the bread and bar winner. That was like sort of, and you know. People like that, so yeah, whatever, fine. Well, the thing with Venture Brothers, they would make one series every, like, three, four years. Yeah, so some series would come out year after year, mm. and then they'd take big breaks, and then they maybe take... Big break! Yeah. Um, and so this movie is sort of like an ending to everything. And it's mm. a nice ending. It does really work. I'm not going to spoil There's it for people. There's a Metalocalypse that... movie. There is one coming out, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll watch that. I'm going to watch that as well. But um, So with this, this is sort of the culmination of a lot of stuff that's happening. It doesn't have... One of the, one of the one of the more interesting aspects of it is it doesn't bring back like a bunch of bunch of stuff from the series. Instead, it's like a new a new antagonist, and it's an antagonist for everyone. And our protagonist is now because often it's the monarch and mm. Doctor Venture, yeah, and then Doctor Venture's little friends. In this, it's Brock Sampson is still with I uh, with the um, ISS. International Spy Service. They got Patrick Warburton back. They got Patrick Warburton back. He's back. Mm. He loves Brock Samson. He would yeah, he, never. He was never... barely in the show for a while. No, he's still in it quite a bit. Brock Samson disappears from the show for ages. They they he doesn't out disappear before. entirely. He's still in it. He did like one or two episodes for. No, a series. he has like an ongoing arc through mm. each season. Are you talking about the series where he quits being their bodyguard? He just disappears for a while. Yeah, he quits being their bodyguard, and then General Hatred takes over. Who's the guy who's a pederast who has like a thing for tiny feet? Yeah. This is a show about kids! <laughs> he takes injections that stops him being a pedo. Oh. Yeah. I should get Jermaine Greer some of that. <laughs> you should get Jermaine Greer. And also probably Andrew Tate. Anyway, <laughs> it's all about spies! <laughs> no, so the film's really good. It, like, sort of, it does streamline what I'm assuming they would have done over the series of, uh, over a whole season into just an hour and a half movie. And it works. It does work. 
Um, you've got vampires. You've got the Doctor Strange. Doctor Morpheus is back into it. You've got the Blade ripoff. Oh, what's that thing he says in one episode? It's fucking hilarious. Where's the fucking? What's his name? Doctor Morpheus. Doctor Morpheus. Yeah. Yeah. What's his fucking? He has that fucking amazing. Which one? What was the line? Um, the, it's what's... the episode where um, the kid, the t, the two kids are staying with him, and he's like something about the TV. <laughs> oh, I, I don't know. Oh. I don't know. You you Google it whilst I continue talking about this film. So yeah, so everybody is everybody has like this um, this target, and they all work together to do it. And it's like Orpheus, Doctor Orpheus, Orpheus, yeah, Orpheus, Orpheus, not Orpheus, sorry. Um, but everybody has this villain they will work together to sort of take down and then there's like revelations about who everybody is and how everything came about. It's just, it's such a strong, such a strong condensed season of Venture Brothers. And apparently there is a chance that they may still come back. Like there is a chance they may get another season. They're going to see how the movie does. Because I think Adult Swim are, are doing this with also Metalopolis. They're having a look to see how that series does to see if, see how the movie does sorry, and see if there's still interest. Well, they've done Aqua Teen Hunger Force as well, haven't they? They've yeah, done, they did an Aqua Teen Hunger Force. They've sort Force. of done a little revival of all the little... Yeah. All the shows. Well, Aqua Teen Hunger Force had a film that I reviewed not long ago, which was Plantgasm. Yeah. Which was like yeah. the Phantasm plant thing. And Clone High's been brought back. Clone High has been brought yeah. back for a season, yeah. Oh, a bunch of stuff. Yeah, which is nice, because this is stuff that just was left without an ending. Yeah. So it's nice for them to just end off. And if this is the end of Venture Brothers, it's actually a really nice ending point for the whole season. No. For the series. There is a television behind the El Greco. Sadly, the remote has vanished from this material sphere. That fucking... Um, <laughs> beware, the cat is currently on heat, so don't let her sit on your lap. Have you tried the thing with the Q-tip? Yes, it was embarrassing for everyone involved. <laughs> um... So, uh, so yeah, uh, Venture Brothers, the radiant blood. Of the- radiant is the blood of the baboon's heart. Yeah. How do you not Fan- remember that? Fantastic. It, it was it- bad as the old people who could never remember the name of Best Exotic Marigold Hotel. You mean the second Best Mar- Exotic so That's Mar- a sequel. That is a sequel and the better movie. Dev Patel does less of a racist accent. This is his natural true. accent. No, it's not his natural accent. So he's doing his racist English accent. He's doing his racist it. English yeah, accent, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's really good. It's really solid stuff, and it's just it's so. You know, nice. When the Fire Nation finally get their power, oh he's my gonna god, here we go. He's talking about the Fire Nation again. When everybody knows the Water Nation is the stronger nation. I mean, they said they need fi- in the film. They needed fire to do their fire bending. Yeah. So like, everyone. Is better than them. <laughs> hey, so here's one of the things How that I find t- really interesting about the series, right? So Just the fires. There was someone who could bend blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't that just water? No, that's the dude from um, Dead Man Wonderland. Is it? Yeah, one of the characters in Gen V can do that. Yeah, it's such a handy power. I don't know. You'd pass out after a little while. No, because you could just no, because you wouldn't. It's not necessarily your blood. Like yeah. in in. Yeah, but you have to. No, you don't know. In one of the things that I in saw, in Dead Man Wonderland, you do though. In one of the things I saw, you can control the blood in other people. Ah. So like, you just be like, just reverse the way the blood's flowing in their heart. Like, ah, God damn it! No fuck no! It's like, yeah, sorry, I just turned your arteries into you fucking just fucked them up beyond belief. Um. Oh, what was it in X Men? X Men? X Men? X Men? You got a bit more iron in your blood yeah, today. Mystique had put some... Yeah, stabbed him with something in his neck. She put a little bit of... And because America doesn't have sick pay, that guy had to go to work. 
Yeah. If he had sick pay, he could have been like, I got jabbed in the neck by some woman in a bar. Yeah, she looked like Rebecca Main Stamish. Yeah, sure, mate. Come into work, yeah, you yeah, fucking liar. Whatever. Um, but no, I uh, I really enjoyed this. And she just fed him a banana. It was... No, that's potassium. Oh, that's a little type of metal, isn't it? No, it's a, it's a mineral. Tomatoes? No. What's got iron in it? Spinach. Spinach. Could You'd have, have to eat spinach. so much spinach. What if they'd lured Popeye into the prison? You'd have to make a bridge. <laughs> he wouldn't have to do discs, <laughs> would he? Just have a bridge. Yeah. Those arm tumours are getting bad. I want to know what would happen if Magneto met Popeye. Maybe the Marvel Cinematic Universe can answer that. Like Who owns Popeye now? Disney? The problem with Actually, any... Popeye's public domain, isn't it? The, the problem with almost every single every single X-Man or any single superhero is that once you go, I wonder what they could do if they just went, nah, I'm not playing games anymore. And like if it was like Charles Xavier, he could literally just shut everyone's brain off. Yeah. Just kill everyone. If it's Magneto... He's he in the comics. I think he did it. He turned. He stopped the the core because hmm. molten metal. Yeah, and fucking it's a bit too him. much. I mean, yeah, but like, if you want to kill everyone, power creep, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, Venture Brothers. It's it is essentially season eight, and it's lovely to see. And if this is the end of everything, Venture Brothers, it's it's a really nice ending. It really does work. Like they tell, they give you all the answers that have sort of been ongoing questions in the story. Um, they do. There is the the one thing that carries on throughout, and the real, the real driving force between Hank and Dean's adventure is that Dean had sex with Hank's girlfriend, who was Doctor Porpoise's daughter, mm. who's a man who was merged with a porpoise. Yeah, Doctor Dugon was his brother. Yeah, I'm Doctor Dugon, and then uh, what's his name? Uh, the monarch comes in and he goes, "Oh God." What's going on with your skin? He goes, it's very thick skin, like the skin of a dugong. Okay, well, uh, uh, gross. Okay, let's continue on. <laughs> the murderous moppets aren't back. That was that's probably for the best. Which ones are they? Those are the you know, um, Doctor Girlfriend. Yeah, she has the two little dudes in the peanut suits with the swords. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're just fucking evil. But they're also, they're also, for some reason, mentally, they are very similar to little dogs. Dr. Girlfriend's cool, though. Dr. Girlfriend's incredible. She has a really good moment in this mm. where she she has to run from, like, the guild and the ISS because someone's been leaking information out and they think it's her. And it's all like a plot by the main villains. And then it turns out... They bring out, David Bowie back. David Bowie is not back. The, the, the uh, monarch is not back. Mm. No, not the monarch. What's his name? The... It was David Bowie. Yeah, I know it was David Bowie. He had a title. The um, He has like a title within the... Sovereign. The Sovereign. So that was his name. Was like, it's like, yeah. And Iggy Pop fought him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was a great episode. I remember that. Series great. 2 finale, wasn't it? Yeah. I think I only watched like the first three Dean seasons. Thinks that he's, Dean thinks that he's in a magical, mystical realm. <laughs> that version of Dean comes back. Yeah. Because season one ends with Dean and Hank being killed. Yeah. And then you find out about, you the, find out clones. about the clones. And then season... and they drag it on Dean and Hank not knowing about the clones for ages. No, no, no. Dean, Dean and Hank, um, Dean and Hank, basically Dr. Venture goes on a bender. Mm. And it's got that really great, everybody's free montage at the beginning where he's just losing his mind doing drugs. Mm. And he comes back and he goes, well, I guess it's time to mature a little. And he goes, all right, let's get another set prepared. <laughs> he just presses the switch and two more versions of Hank and Dean come out. And they put them in the beds, the learning beds. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, there's also the end of season four, I think it is, when Sphinx attack 
the this is the one where Brock actually quits. Yeah. Is the one where the they release the clones to fight the and it's just a bunch of skinless monsters slapping people and most people are just like I freaked out. I dropped my gun. I just got out of there. I don't need no skinless I can't boys. What I saw up to on it. I know there's oh. the one where they go to Mexico and the Chupacabra. That's yeah, the very Dr. first Venture episode. Gets his yeah, very first weird. episode. Um, yeah. There's one where they're having a party in the garden. And oh, with the where he makes a Spanish fly. All the villains turn up. Oh, like Doc Monarch and everyone comes to the party. And are you talking all... about the the yard sale? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sale. yeah, yeah where uh, he's trying to sell off all his dad's yeah. stuff. Number twenty four buys the lightsaber. He goes, "It's a real lightsaber." <laughs> he goes to fight Brock Samson with it. It's just a torch that has like a short throw. Are you going to beat me? Aren't you? It's like, uh, nah. Got a receipt for that? And he's like, yeah. He's like, all right, carry on. <laughs> yeah, pretty great. I fucking love Venture Bro. Did you ever watch the episode where they've got the? He, he finds out he can get hey, interns. Hey, get over here. That's what he sounds like. Yeah, he, found, he finds out he can get interns. Dr. Venture finds out he can get, in, get interns for, like, college credit. Yeah. And, like, he doesn't realise that there's, like, a very low-level radiation leak that's affecting them all. So some of them are growing extra arms. Some of them are getting, like, big heads and psychic powers. And then some of them are just getting really thick skin and eating the unchained ones. <laughs> unchanged ones, sorry. So they've got, like, different suits that pertain to, like, different powers they're getting. And it's just, it's fucking insane. It's great. There's an episode um, where they're cleaning out the biodome. There's just a rampant fucking monstrous gorilla in there. And Billy Quizboy loses his hand again. Oh. Yeah. Oh, just great times. I love the Venture Brothers. I won't rewatch really watch it <laughs> and then watch the film again. It does lose its mind a little bit. Like the last, last season before this is one where Monarch, uh, where the Monarch finds out that his dad was like their version of their version of Green Hornet. Mm. And like, so they basically take all the old Green Hornet stuff and they're going and becoming superheroes and fighting villains. But in reality, they're doing it just so that they can shorten the distance between their villain level and Dr. Venture's villain level. Because when his little brother died, or like the tumorous thing that was growing on him that became his brother died, he went up in the stakes of like the hero game because he got like this fantastic four-star house. Yeah. Yeah, it's incredible. Mm. Incredible. Great stuff. Um, but yeah, highly recommend it. If you're looking to watch the film, though, you do have to know a lot about the series, and there are seven seasons or seven or eight seasons. So if you're not a fan of this, it's, it's definitely... You've got until August 12th to watch it on HBO Max. Yeah, there you go. Got a couple of weeks. I think it's on Amazon Prime. Is it? I think so. It's on something over here. I think it's on Channel 4, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Under the Adult yeah. Swim thing. When are we getting Smiling Friends back? When's season two of Smiling Friends? I don't know, actually. Smiling Friends was fucking amazing. Are they making a season two? Possibly, yeah. Maybe without Justin Roiland doing random voice cameo. Oh, yeah, hopefully. Cause you see what they did with Yeah, it's voice just Dan changing. Stevens. Yeah. Which mm. is a great way of doing it, because Dan Stevens is charming and unproblematic. Yeah. <laughs> this is funny. Yeah, speaks a bunch of languages. It's like, great, fine. Good, good for him. He yeah. was a beast once. He was. A, oh, yeah, he was a beast once. Have you seen the picture of him in the beast costume outside of the CGI? No, yeah, it's just like some big foam thing, isn't it? <laughs> it's just like a grey suit. He's massive. He's got high heels. He's having a great time. Um, yeah, I, I give this a Tom Atkins because I didn't think I'd ever actually get to see another season of Venture Bros. So it is a delight seeing it and enjoying it. So I just cannot wait, cannot wait to find out what's going on next. Anyway, your review, Ant. Uh, I watched Atom Eve. What? Atom Eve. What? It's a one-off hour-long special about Atom Eve. 
from Invincible. Does it tell me anything I wouldn't know if I'd already read the comics? It's a prequel. It tells you about she got her powers and yeah, the story we know about she got her, her powers and things. It was not in the show. It wasn't in. The yeah, it was in the sh- comic. It's barely in the show. No, it was in no, the comic. No, no. Who cares about the comic? It was an animated film. No, a bunch of, a bunch it's a of film they released it. yesterday. Oh, okay, how Did was it? Did you not know it was out? No, how was it? You freaking idiot. How was it? So it's it's a little lead into season two of Thingy, yeah. Invincible, which starts in a few months, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Like November or something. Um, but it's basically it's all about her origin story of her as a kid. And like, you know, where a professor at the laboratory, she was being... They had a woman who they were making... You know, Atom Eve in. They were genetically engineering a super impossible to, super perfect bioweapon in there. Mm-hmm. And he smuggles her out when the heroes are all trying to break the place down and everything. And they go to the hospital and, you know, he, the girl, the mother dies and he, you know, you see he cuts a baby and says, oh no, the baby didn't make it. But what he really did is he, he quickly swapped the baby with someone who'd lost their baby. Yeah. And, you know, the, the nurse was like, oh, we don't know what happened. She just came back to life. We don't know what happened. She just pulled through all of a sudden. So then that's how Atom Eve ended up with those two parents that kind of suck. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, the series didn't really go into her backstory too much other than she was... she she I think she mentions that she was genetically engineered and that her parents aren't exactly particularly understanding of her and her abilities and all this sort of stuff. Um, but this is all about her, like, growing up as a kid. The parents think she's a little weirdo. Because she keeps staring at like floorboards and walls and stuff like that. Because she can she can see the molecules, um, and every now and again someone will sort of get sort of realise that she's kind of smart. Like there's a babysitter, he um, gets her to help him do his homework and everything. Yeah, and they still think she's a bit of a freak, but they send her to a special school for freaks and going to turn out to do something good. No, anything she does isn't good enough for him. She's like acing chemistry and all this sort of stuff, and. It's not good enough for them because she's doing bad in other grades and all this sort of stuff. You know, and she makes a friend and her friend gets freaked out when she finds out about her powers. But it's all about how she figured out how she could manipulate objects. Like she's reading her um, her homework book and accidentally turns it all into glass. Yeah. Um, but the, the main thing it all builds up is that you find out what the laboratory's been doing all these years without the professor, the scientist who was making her originally. Because he's been, he just became homeless, went off, went homeless, went off the grid. Went a bit smelly and dirty. Mm. Probably could have looked after himself, so he'd be yeah, a bit probably. less terrified. Because he keeps like turning up and watching her, yeah, from a distance, of course. Um, but the scientists haven't been doing too great, and they've made a whole bunch of clones that are all just like they've still got the mother caged up in a tube, and they're still producing babies from her. But she's like brain dead, effectively. Oh, um, and all the weapons they've been making, they can all like mutate and manipulate and. Kind of like, you know the thing, you know in Akira, what happens to Kaneda at the yeah, end? Yeah, yeah. Tetsuo at the end. Where he's um, able to, like, merge He can grow and, and yeah. he, they'd all, like, grab rocks on the ground and turn, and, like, stuff like that. But they don't live long outside the chambers. And they get set loose mm. on the city as uh, Atom Eve is, you know, figuring out her powers and figuring out how to be a hero. And there's a big old fight. It's pretty fun. It's oh, just an cool. old thing. It's, Sounds fun. It's all prequel stuff. It's all... Yeah. It is actually different from the comics then, though. Yeah. Because in the comics they are her parents, but they essentially just they um, they got paid to have her experimented on when she was a kid. Yeah, and that's that's now this was like a it was a woman in an alley. Yeah, that um, the doctor had found who was pregnant and yeah. she was like homeless, and he paid her sort just of like look we'll we'll experiment on the child and stuff, and we'll give you somewhere to live for a while, you know. But she died. 
because uh, she had a super baby in her. Yeah, of course, yeah. That's it was how it happened. Doing crazy. It was making her eyes light up and shit. Yeah. Um, I do like in the comics. At, at, um, Atom Eve has a great like little um, thing where she basically because because um, Mark keeps going missing. Like if you read the Invincible comics, there's like times where he just disappears into a portal and then comes back and he's like. I was like gone for like tens of thousands of years, and they're like, "Yeah, you've been missing for six months, but still, that's a fucked amount of time." Because hmm. he doesn't age at the same rate as humans do, and he comes back, and and Eve is like massive because she's just been like stress eating and just and like, and he he just says to her like, "Oh, I mean, it's fine that you've put away and stuff. It's just you know you can change the molecular structure of everything to make it healthy. Like you could make cake the equivalent of taking a multibiotic and eating broccoli." She's like, yeah, I know. It's not the point. <laughs> Unless they make a point in this as saying that she can't manipulate biological matter at yeah, this point. Yeah, that's, that's something but that... The that, end of the episode has it like she seems to break that code in. Yeah, in the comics it, mm. it happens because she dies. Mm. Like it's like a failsafe where she gets killed at one point mm. and like the failsafe kicks in and the way that she can manipulate biological matter is that she just, her body like... Because she tries to turn back. a squirrel into a dog and nothing happens yeah. and all this, but... um. The, it was basically used like she gets super angry at the end and yes. she basically wipes the memories of the guys working in the laboratory so they don't remember anything about what they're doing they're just like in a lab and like what the hell is all this all about yeah she can do like her mm. power is incredible it's mm. such a good idea because it's just matter manipulation it's in, this, in the main series she doesn't say she can, can manipulate biology, biological matter and no it, um, but she hasn't died yet I yeah. think that it happens for real like she unlocks that power entirely Mm. When she, I get the feeling that's going to be something that's going to go on season two because yeah, this, is, this I, feels like it's planting seeds for later. I kind of feel like that season two they're going to do the multiple mm. Invincibles from other dimensions because mm. I reckon they'll have um, <coughs> Strom Lang- Langdon Langdon Strom. I'm trying to remember the name of them, but there's a character that can travel between dimensions, mm. and initially he's just like, I'm going to take you know, I'm going to take versions of me from other dimensions. I'm going to put them in this machine, copy their brains and download it into my brain. So I've got... No, you just fight them to the death. Well, he, his idea kill them, is you'll that he, he just wants unlimited knowledge. Because they're all like... Um, Langstrom. I think it is Langstrom. But he, he basically wants unlimited knowledge. And he is like a massive villain in the comics because although he's just a normal person, he's got the ability to traverse dimensions. Mm. So he takes all of their knowledge and puts it into his head and it fucks up his brain and turns him into this freak on like a massive, like, like his brain just basically takes over part of his back and fuses his neck to his shoulders. He just makes him like a freak, basically. Mm. And uh, and he blames Invincible. Because Invincible should have taken their bank accounts. So. Yeah. He blames mm. Invincible because Invincible broke, destroyed the machine because it was going to suck the world into this multidimensional thing. Mm. And so he blames Invincible, and then he decides that he's going to go to each dimension where there's an evil version of Invincible and be like, hey, you want to fuck up a good version of you? And that's where, like, it's the big event in the initial run of Invincible, the first, like, 30 issues. Mm. Um, And that, obviously, like, Invincible is the strongest hero now that his dad's disappeared. And, like, 30 versions of him from evil dimensions come along. And, like, the heroes can kill them, but it does, like, introduce other things. Like, you know, the Reanimen... Like they've got the zombie people that they make in this series. Do they have that in the first season of Invincible? Uh, yeah. The yeah, college, the, yeah. So they yeah. basically they come up with a way of making those out of the bodies of the Invincibles that are dead after the Invincible War. But like it's it's a really interesting comic. Like the comic has like yeah, that's not happened. incredible ideas. But they I might think not that, even have maybe they won't even do it. I think they're gonna do the Invincible War in this one. I think I don't know, I saw the trailer, there was no sign of it. 
Well, I think Omni-Man's, Omni-Man's back in it. Yeah, yeah, they showed a clip of him. So I think Omni-Man coming some... back is going to be part of the Invincible War thing. Yeah. Or the Voltramites are just going to be, just going to appear and they're going to go straight to that. Yeah. Because they do say the Voltramites, like betray Vil- Voltramites. 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 It's Viltram- Viltramites. Viltramites. Yeah. Their power is they're super strong and also they can fucking breed with anything. Oh. That's genuinely a power of theirs. Oh, sweet. Good Their biological matter is like compatible with everything. Oh. That's why Mark's brother is like part bug person. Yeah. He hasn't got a brother in the show. He does in the comics. Yeah, but it's not in the show. Yeah, his dad fucks a bug lady. Oh. Has a kid. Oh, good for him. Because he's a damn smooth bass. It's J.K. Simmons, so of course he's going to have sex with everything. Yeah. Yeah. We've not seen the trailer for season two yet. No, no, yeah. No, it's got Peter Collins in it. Is he? Yeah, loads of people. Ben Schwartz has got in it. I know Ben Schwartz is in it. And um, friggin' someone else is in it. Someone whose name... Christopher Flockhart's got doing a voice. Oh, really? Series, yeah. There's a whole bit in the trailer where it shows all the names of the people who are going to be in the new series, and it all builds up to Peter Cullen. Oh, really? Like, and J.K. Simmons. One. Well, J.K. Simmons just a little bit at the end. Well, okay. Just to show Omni-Man's back. Well, yeah, because of course... And he's in Mortal Kombat 1. Yeah, I think that's kind of cool. Liu Kang could reimagine the entire universe and... I get the feeling he that... He imagined Omni-Man. <laughs> I get the feeling that what they're going to do is use this as like an excuse to say, like, Liu Kang's tried a few times to make a new universe. I don't know, I and those guys are like alternative ways the world's gone. Like Maybe you, you know, can imagine a game where you won't need an internet connection all the time to keep... That'd be lovely. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Yeah, yeah, please do that. Yeah, Atom Eve was all right. Little hour long special they dropped out of nowhere to surprise yeah. you. Does it have Rexplosion in it? No, no. Because they have a relationship. The old guy with his um, the gun arm. You know the one that um, Mark Union Jack. No, what's his name? Fucking can the cannon arm guy. The one who um, Invincible beats first when he's oh like, Sonic arm. The one with name Sonic is. Cannon. It's the guy who wears white armor and stuff and thing. He robs banks. He's in the first series. He gets yeah, his yeah, ass yeah. kicked because he's like the first one that she fights. When she's like 12, <laughs> she becomes a superhero at 12. Yeah, it's, it's the guy with the Sonic cannon. I can't remember his name. He's got a big old gun on his arm. Yeah. But um, she blows it up. She blows him up. Blows up his arm. What was, the, what was the comic where they had a character that was like... I think it was Invincible. They had a character that could like basically just vibrate air. Like he had like Sonic gun powers. But it was just like his idea. Now he was a geologist that just had the power to impact people using air and rocks. Isn't that fucking Ulysses Claw? No. Ulysses Claw is the one with the... With the you boom, boom. Yeah, he, he has a sonic cam and... He, Would you like a sweet... He gets turned into sound in yeah. the comics for a while. Yeah. It, well, this guy's just a geologist, <laughs> like a scientist, who uh, who Invincible just like punts as like a, like a funny thing. He's just like, well, I'm just done with this guy. Boom. Because he's trying to like make a massive earthquake. And like he punts him off and like the guy falls into like a cavern. That he's made. Was he in the first series? I think so. I think it was so. a guy who's trying to block the uh, mountain or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the guy. Yeah. He keeps trying to do that shit. Like Mount Rushmore. He keeps trying to destroy like Mount mm. Rushmore and shit. And like eventually, super, like, Invincible just gets pulled into him, punts him. And he goes into the ground. And like, he's like trying to vibrate the earth to save him from like traveling deeper and deeper into this chasm. And then like, he accidentally somehow stumbles across this deity that exists within the lava. He was like, give me your body, and all, and he's like, all right, fine. He just becomes like a big magma monster. He's like, the Invincible, you did this to me. I was like, I'm pretty sure you opened that chasm. <laughs> you did this. Like, no one's to blame but you. Take some personal responsibility. Yeah. Mm. Cool. Anyway, I saw something you didn't. Fuck you. Yeah, well done, mate. Good job. 
are you going to review now? What am I going to review now? Yeah, wasting all our time. I watched uh, They Cloned Tyrone. Oh, I was going to watch that. Oh, it's really fun, and it's a black exploitation sci-fi adventure through. Um, it at times it feels like a bit like Black Dynamite because there's like there's a lot of leaps in like how they get to certain certain points in the story. Just just go there, but it's still really fun. Uh, Jamie Fox. And John Boyega, and I don't know the lady's name actually, but she's really good. Now I haven't seen her in anything else though. She's in loads of stuff. I bet you've seen her in tons of stuff. Is she in loads of stuff? But you're just, you know, what, what's she been in? TV shows and films. Tiona Paris. Mm. What What have you seen her in? At? TV shows and no, films. No, but what have you seen her in? At? That film. What have you seen her in? At? She was in that film. What have you seen her in, and? Um, yeah, that's own. right, you racist. You've seen her in WandaVision, The Marvels, and also yeah. Candyman. Because she's... Um, Photon. Yeah, yeah. I told you. I didn't realise. Um, anyway, yes. so um, They Climb Tyrone is a sci-fi, Afrofuturist, exploitation-style thriller about a young drug dealer who is gunned down in front of some people one day and then turns up back at home again. Yeah, the man himself, Tyrone, just turns up back at home, and they're like, "Holy shit, you were shot! They fifty cented you," is what someone says, and he's like, "Wait, what?" And they're like, "Yeah, you were killed." And he's like, "No, I'm alive." And they're like, "No, no, you were killed." And he's like, "Okay." Oh, Leon Lamar's in it. He's old as hell. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's, he's like freaking eighty something years old. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so Tyrone goes on an adventure to find out what's going on. It turns out that it's not just Tyrone that's being cloned. It's other people that are also being cloned. And also, it goes a little bit deeper than just the cloning thing. There's some other other things happening, including, like, the mind control of the populace within this small area. And, like, yeah, it's it's it goes, it goes pretty crazy. But it's very, very good. And it's... I feel like, for some reason, Netflix have kind of been killing it with these, like... With these... Um, with these... Like films that are making that are mostly like black casts. Like The Harder They Fall was fucking incredible. That was a couple of years ago. And then they've got this one as well. They've done other stuff. I can't think of it off the top of my head though. But there's like a lot of their stuff they do that's like. Bright. bright. Yeah. A lot of the stuff they do that's like. That's mostly like created like lead and also big name stars but in smaller stuff. No, they're Dolom- that Dolomite is my Dolomite name. Dolomite is my name. Yeah, yeah. that was incredible. Uh, but yeah, like loads of this stuff is like. For some reason, it's just, it's intoxicating and so full of energy compared to, like, other shit. Like, as you mentioned, fucking bright. And, like, a lot of, like, a lot of, like, the Michael Bay shit that came out and, like, Red Notice and all that other stuff has all just been fucking Red black. Notice is the most viewed film ever. It's all just so fucking <laughs> And bland. no one has ever talked about it. <laughs> it's all just so fucking bland. And then you get someone like mm. this where, like... What was the shit one the Russos did? The Grey Man. Yeah. Like, all of it, just so bland. And then you've got someone like this. And, like, again, I hate to be the person who keeps harping on this, but when you've got people making a film that just has sets, they don't have the budget to do all this CGI shit, they have a vision for what they want to do, and they can design a fucking set that is just... Like, at one point, they find the clones, and the set is just smoke machine... And like perspex boxes, no bigger than a coffin, and then like a little keypad with a little bit of CGI on the keypad. So a little bit like computer generated graphics on the keypad, and that's it. And the the smoke just empties out the perspex chamber, 
And then the person that's interacting with their clone, they've just inserted half the shot into the screen. They're like, oh my God, it's me. And like, you don't need to do anything else to make the point. And it's just so, like, it's so good for that fact. It is just, just a simple trick that's Didn't been Didn't they create a CGI John Boyega? No, they don't need uh, to. They just don't need to. They get John Boyega to film both sides. Keith Sutherland's in this? And then you CGI over one of the John Boyegas. Yeah, with another person's face. Another John Boyega. Yeah. Two John Boyegas. Because, why not? It's so good. It's just really fucking good. And, it, again, Netflix, give more people money like this. Like, you keep giving hundreds of millions millions of dollars to oh. fuck. Red Notes are so bollocks. And, like, Korean dramas they keep buying. Like, yes, more of that shit. Beef was incredible. Like, Beef was, like, just a predominantly Asian cast of people just fucking telling a story that had, like, no fucking need to be set in, like, anywhere but, like, you know, that community. And was, it just was fu- How much Beef was in it? Not much Beef. Oh. It was mostly, like, Beef as in, like, arguments. Oh. That sort of Beef. But they cloned Tyrone. Fucking full of energy, chock full of beans, mate. It's chock full of beans. Where are they getting all them beans? Um, they quote Tyrone, just incredible. Jamie Foxx is fucking charming as a pimp. He is having a whale of a time in this role. He is singing and dancing and chewing some scenery like he is hungry for more. He is fucking great in it. He looked pretty hungry the other day when I saw that video of him. Where he doesn't look very well. Yeah, yeah he's he had a stroke. Oh, I thought he got um in uh, the the COVID jab. Oh yeah, he drank and it made the... him blind. Have you seen that and... COVID COVID is now in coffee? Is it the COVID vaccines in coffee? Is it they got magnets in coffee? Out ah, sweet. And it made the coffee grind in the thing move because it got magnets in the coffee. Oh man. Um, anyway, so yeah, no, uh, they climbed Tyrone. How do they work? Pun the magnets. I I don't know, man. How does it work? Um, they cloned Tyrone and just. Fucking just an absolute delight from beginning to end. There is a minor subplot involving John Boyega's mum in it. Not his real life mum, his character's mum. Oh. Tyrone's mum. Yeah, um, I don't know who John Boyega's mum is. No, nor do I. Mrs. Boyega? Yeah, to you. Maybe. Not to me. Yeah, because you're friends. Mm. Yeah. She yeah. makes you dinner. Um one of the things one of the things that like I kept thinking was because John Boyega is still friends with Harrison Ford. So I was thinking like Harrison Ford might have like a weird little cameo. But no. No, I think he was doing Indiana Jones at the time that this was probably filmed. Kiefer Sutherland's good in it, but he plays a character that's much older than Kiefer Sutherland is in real life. Or at least he seems pretty old. I know he's like 60, but like the problem is that like the character he's playing is almost like... He's got some weird quads with rabbits right now. Does he? Yeah. Really? Yeah. You remember that rabbit-proof fence? Yeah. And now there's that show where he's like... Run, rabbit, run. So I can't remember. It was on Paramount. Know. You know one of those shows on Paramount that you don't believe actually exists, but it turns out it does. <gasps> like really big trains on Amazon. Like how there's a TV show on Paramount starring Harrison Ford and Helen Mirren. It's a prestige drama. Shrinking. And no one's talking about it. Is it shrinking? No, it's called ni- 1908. It's the prequel to that Kevin Costner oh, Yellowstone Oh, yeah, but no one's talking series. about that because no one actually watches Paramount Plus. Yeah, but it, there's a you prestige the, drama starring you know Harrison Ford. the second Ford season and, of Beavis and Butthead? Yeah, I need to get, catch up on that and watch it. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like... Have you not watched the second season no, of Views of Money? Yeah, because no one watches Paramount Plus. Really? Um, but they clone Tyrone. Incredible. Really fucking good. Great soundtrack. And just all round, like, Netflix, give people more money to make this shit instead of fucking The Grey Man. The Grey Man cost $200 million. How? 
No, let me have a look quickly at the budget for They Clone Tyrone. In fact, Ant, guess how much the budget was? £16. No, no, guess how much the budget was? £16 million. No, genuinely guess. £16 million. Stop being a fucking dick. Guess, Six, 16 guess million. the amount. £16 million. £16 million. Yeah, that's what I reckon. Oh, where the fuck you is... don't give more than that for a black-led um, film. Do you not? No. £16 million, you're saying? Yeah. Where is the actual financials? I mean, look at the wiki article. They haven't got it on there. What? Summary. Probably haven't told you. Metrics? No, it's not on here. No. You know why the Grey Man costs 200 million, though, don't you? Because it's... It's hard to steal 200 million from a 30 million dollar film. That's true. Yeah. Uh, they clone Tyrone worldwide, it's a... No, that's not it. That's in 200 Ooh, why don't you just search budget? I just did. Can you have a look? See if you oh can find it. Oh my god, you're really desperate because you want to act like I'm not right. Oh, film has been prepared with a budget of about 40 million. 40? 40 million. Well, considering you've got John Boyega, Jamie Foxx, and the lady whose name I don't want to mistake, Mrs. Paris? Miss Paris? Um, yeah, 40 million. 40 Are you million. Paris? Yeah. 40 million is really fucking good. This film looks great. And I know that I said. Oh, produced by Jamie Foxx as well. Ooh. Director, Jewel Taylor. What have they, oh, I don't think they've done anything before. But yeah, they clone Tyrone. Just a really good, nice, like fucking just beginning to end. Just great ride. I really enjoyed it. The um, I will say that the final twist was just a bit of a like, oh, I can see that coming. But, you know, it, when you're when you're at that point in the film, you are... You are just into it, like it's very far into the into the into the actual film itself. So I don't think that anyone's going to be arguing by that point. You had one hell of a ride up to it. Um, was right a director? What was he directed? Like nearly n- no, nothing really. Oh, Creed two. What did he actually create? No, he didn't direct Creed no. two. No, because I thought that was the guy who directed Creed one. No. No, oh, the guy directed Creed 2 was the Rise of the Beast guy. Oh, it was written by Joel Taylor. So this mm. guy's a writer, predominantly. Yeah. But yeah, really, really good. The first, the first Creed's What's-His-Face who does good films. Second one's him who did Rise of the Beast, and the third one was Michael B. Jordan, won it? Yeah, and the third one's actually quite good. It's just a shame that it stars that guy that might be a problematic figure. Kevin Spacey. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Imagine if they CGI'd Kevin Spacey in the role of, of Jonathan Majors. <laughs> That'd be amazing. I'd watch that. Why go get his ass handed to him by Michael B. Jordan? Mm. The man whose abs broke the internet. Do you remember when he released the shot from of him like his fucking massive pecs the size of most people's heads for Black Panther? His rippling abs. Remember that, Anne? Did that break the internet? It broke my internet because my erection went through my laptop. <laughs> they Climb Tyrone is a really good film. I'm giving it a Cape Blanchett. The only thing that could have made it better is, I think, just, just a little bit more Jamie Foxx. He disappears at one point. He's busy. Doing what, Anne? Having a stroke. <laughs> I was hoping you get <laughs> If you haven't already seen it... No, I filmed it in 2021. Yeah. So if you haven't already seen it, he, he does like... He's in another film. What's Day Shift. Yeah, there's another one coming out. Is there another one coming out? Stray or something? I can't Oh, remember. no. God is a Bullet. Is that the one you're thinking of? Yeah. Oh, no. Stray's. The one with Will Ferrell. 
Yeah, possibly. Yeah, he also did God as a Bullet, which I saw this week, but wasn't really anything of note. Like, it's a Nick Cassavetes film. A Jim Caviezel film? No, Nick Cassavetes. Oh. Nick Cassavetes? Why can't I say his name? Didn't you watch... Um, God is a Bullet. Sound of Freedom. No, I didn't, Anne. Oh. Um, it was insufferable for the first five minutes that I managed to get through, and I could not. I had to switch it off. I couldn't get through it. It's, it's a really so important film. It's really yeah, fucking it's really... bad. Yeah, Mel Gibson told you that. The racist... What's that t-shirt they're selling for it? No, it says, never trust a paedophile. Apparently that's something they try to make as like a catchphrase in that film. And they are these the people that support Matt Gates still? I think so, yeah. And Andrew Tate. Maybe. My God. I mean, you know, talk about people talk about people needing some self reflection. What is so do they just ignore the fact that he actually just kidnaps some kids? Who? Like the guy who did it apparently he didn't actually save anyone. Well he saved he maybe saved one or two kids, but a lot of them were he was just kidnapping women. I don't know, I don't know what it's all about. Oh. Okay, anyway. Uh, yeah, um Kate Blanchett for they clone Tyrone, a classy bloody affair. I fucking loved it. Um Day Shift is good as well if you haven't seen that, that's a lot of fun too. Jamie Foxx killing some vampires. Day Yeah shit. <laughs> Day Shift. There's a lot more CGI in it, but it's got some great wire stunts where people have just been dragged back on cables. Oh, it was done by the guy who directed um, Deadpool. Was it? Tim Miller? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, really, really good. There's a really good house clean-out scene where they've got like a bunch of f- fledgling vampires in like this house mm-hmm. during the daytime, and it's them teaming up with these two other guys, and they just fucking kill so many vampires, but it's all like people being thrown through walls <laughs> and being chucked through fucking... Just They've just obviously got a cheap house. There's a mostly empty. Just through the heart. Just, well, no, it's the guys. The guys that are fighting the vampires being thrown through walls and shit. Yeah. And it's like literally someone like throwing them through like a kitchen cabinet and stuff. And it's just like this is this is a good use of a little space. There's not enough films that are just throwing people into cabinets anymore. Not to poisoning vampires with garlic, like he did in the old days. Didn't Constantine mm. steal that trick for demons? But ho- oh yeah, Charlotte has to shoot a hole in the in the tank of water and they drop a cross in. And they like the match, and the rain comes down, and Michelle Monaghan has a cameo. You remember that? I don't remember much Constantine. You remember that? It wasn't great. You remember that? Is Gavin Rossdale's in it? You remember that? Yeah, yeah. I remember Gavin Rossdale, yeah. Finger licking good. You remember that? He does that. Yeah. He does that. That's his line. Yeah. I remember so much about Constantine. It's a good movie. Uh, It's a good movie. John, when you cut that deep, the tendons start to stop working. Let me get that for you. <laughs> I'm the only soul you'd come down here to get yourself. <laughs> and John. <laughs> I love Constantine. Great movie. Great movie, man. Great fucking movie. You're getting a sequel. Nah. We're getting a sequel. It's been nah, confirmed. We're happening. getting a sequel, Ant. That's not happening. Well, not if they don't pay their writers. Your review, Ant. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna just review one episode or something. Alright, go. Strange New Worlds, yeah? Yeah, Strange New Worlds, Lower Decks crossover. <laughs> Those yes. old scientists. Woo! They put it on the internet last night, Morty. They put it on the internet. Six seasons and a movie, Morty. Together for, for, for Anyway, so there's a crossover between Lower Decks. Lower Decks is a cartoon show. And Strange New Worlds is a real people show. So how do you cross over those? Well, what you do is you have it start off in Lower Decks. They're going to look at a portal that's on a planet. There's a weird portly thing that's never... It's not working. 
It's never worked, worked in years. But Boimler's having fun because he's getting to see a portal that was discovered 120 years ago by Pike's crew. <gasps> and he's like, this is a bit of Starfleet history. And Tendy's like, he didn't discover it. It was discovered by Orion's. Yeah. And they're like, what What Orion's? Pirates? And they're Orion scientists. And she knows because her grandmother was on the ship that discovered it. Hmm. But then they're, they're sitting there and they're about to just sort of use the portal and everything. Just sort of looking at the portal and Rutherford goes to take a photo and he activates the portal and sucks Boimler through to 120 years to the past into Strange New Worlds show. But it's all live action. And his first line when he comes through the portal and he sees Captain Pike, because they're already there. They're just about sort of down looking at it, checking it out. And he sort of falls through the portal and he's like, oh, this looks so realistic. Mm. And then just passes out. (laughs) Um, Those are good jokes in this episode. It's just a straight up comedy episode. Um, Although Boimler makes Nurse Chapel upset. He's he's just insensitive. He doesn't really think about what he's saying. Um, But it's kind of cool seeing Jack Quaid running around playing Boimler in live action. He does his little speed walking. He does his weird run. Oh, yeah. He does like, yeah, his... (laughs) <laughs> does his little speed walk when he's trying to get somewhere <laughs> things like that he's just got all the mannerisms and everything down the costume they made as well the sort of lower decks live action costume they did it's pretty good it's a little bit like there's little edges that are slightly not quite perfect but um, it's fine it's an approximation it's not going to be exactly the same as the animation um, I like the little detail that they had the um, red soles on the boots because mm. like they have the little red their, their boots are coloured the soles on the boots are colored to what division they're in. Yeah. In Iron Lower Decks, and they kept that detail. Um, there's all sorts of nice little gags in there. Like, they, they figure out he's from the future right away. Boimler passes out, and they take him to sick bay. And they're just like, yeah, look at this. It's like communicators built into his badge. You just tap it, and you talk to people. And he goes, but flicking the communicator opens the best part. And it's like all these little little gags. When they wake up Boimler, and he's like, computer end program. And he sort of waits to see if it's a holodeck program <laughs> that he's woken up in. Um you know, and this one thing with Lower Decks is that it's the strange new world is that they've tried really hard to make sure everyone's like a fun, likable personality. Yeah. Um, the the crew mess around with each other and they have a social life that they sort of keep working together on. And they, you know, they have, they go to the bar almost every episode in Strange New Worlds. They've made sure it's they made sure the crew's likable and you have a fun time with them, so you like them. And Boimler and Mariner just sort of sorting that because Mariner ends up trapped in the past as well. Because they go to send Boimler back to the future. And as the portal opens, Mariner comes flying through and just smacks um, Boimler over. And he's like, I came to rescue you. And it's like, we can't use the portal again. You've trapped us here. Like, ah, dun, dun, dun. Stakes have been risen. Dun, 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 um, dun. The amount of stuff in that episode is great, though. Because Boimler and Mariner are trying their best to not affect the future. But mm. they're kind of doing a really bad job of it because they can't shut up for two minutes. How would they do a good job of it, really? Yeah, well, they could have been like trials and tribulations, where you know they went undercover and everything. But yeah. No, it's all an accident. They didn't really have a chance to go undercover, so they just went straight for it. But you know, time travel in old Star Trek, where they, you know, they were careful. Boimler and Mariner aren't the people to be careful. No, uh, exactly. They're not the people you want to send back. No. What about the ideally? Other members- you don't want to send them on any missions whatsoever. What are the other members of of Lower Decks doing in that time? Um, they're they're the other side of the portal in the future. Oh right, so are they actually working on it? In, in yeah, the but they don't. Well? They, you don't. You don't see them again till the end of the episode. Oh right. Are we going to get like? I think because the actors who play Rutherford and Tendy probably don't look like 
them. Are they going to have? Are they going to be part of that other episode they're doing? Because I know they're doing like a. No, there's the only crossover. There's that one. No, there's another crossover. There's an animated one. No, this is half animated, half live action. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Oh, okay. This is this is the whole thing. But um, no, it's a fun, fun, silly episode. Right? I enjoyed it. It was really good. There's some of the jokes in it that are fantastic. Freaking um. Like the logic it uses, it, it switches to the lower decks logic where the dumbest answer is usually the best one for the situation. Like they need to track an Orion ship, but the Enterprise crew don't know how to track Orion ships at this time because the Orions are kind of not a race that they tend to get involved with too much. Yeah. And Boyne was like, I know how to track Orion ships. And they're like, yeah, but if you use that, you'd be potentially, you know, infecting the timeline by teaching us how to do it. So well, you could all just like turn your backs. As I do it, so they all turn their backs on the bridge while Boimler's in the background pulling wires out and connecting stuff together and making the console able to track the uh, the Orion ships. Gets tangled up in the wires and everything. Of course he does. Yeah, because it's Boimler. Um, there's so many good stuff in it. Like Boimler and Tent and uh, Mariner are having an argument at one point, and they're just like listing off all these different time travel escapades. They're like Star Trek episodes. Yeah. Like, you know, oh, you travel back in time. You know, it could have been worse. You could, at least you didn't travel back in time to 20, 21st century Earth during the San Francisco riots. And it cuts to Una and she's just like, you notice that their references are really specific? Because <laughs> <laughs> making joke of all the way Lower Decks is constantly referencing episodes of Star Trek and stuff. Um, just a really good time. A really good time. It's a bit yeah. weird. When they're back on the ship in the at the end and Ransom sees... Boimler's poster of Una and he's like Una thingy hottest first officer ever in Starfleet that's a reference do you know what's a reference why because Ransom is voiced by Jerry O'Connell who's married to Rebecca Romaine <gasps> who plays Una in Strange oh, New Worlds oh wait in joke she also in played joke. she also played um, Mystique she's played a lot of people she's been loads of stuff but she also played Mystique so could this be a crossover with the Sim- with the X-Men no they did a Star Trek X-Men crossover years ago did in com- yeah in comics <gasps> yeah Professor X met Professor X met Picard oh because they're the same yeah they're different but the same really fun episode yeah, because Strange New Worlds is fun. It's more of Strange, just... New, Strange New Worlds is the best Star Trek thing we've had yeah. in a very long time. But um, that's the thing with Strange New Worlds—they're trying to make it fun and enjoyable, and make sure you love the crew because the show's not going to end well. It's not going to end fun because no matter what, it has to end with Pike getting all fucked up and radiated and ending up in a little wheelchair. No, it thing. doesn't. We've had this discussion. It has to. If you know something's going to happen, there are ways to avoid it. You can't it. change it, though, because they've already made they've already closed that door. No, they haven't. They have. No, they haven't. he had a whole episode, which was like, no, you found a way to avoid it, and as a result, you started a frigging war. No. So they've done no. that. It's covered no. at the end of Series 1. No. You haven't seen Series 1. I don't care, because I know that you can get you can get this stuff sorted. You can't. Yes, you can. You can't. Has to happen. No. And Pike's, like, accepting it. No. You know you're in denial, but Pike's. I'm not in denial. I just know. I just know the truth. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Well, I know the truth. Because you can't have another timeline. We've got enough timelines in Star Trek now. The timeline's floating in this series of Strange New Worlds. People have been time traveling, and they've gradually nudged events around in the timeline. Mm. They got to stop doing that. Why they got to stop doing that? Because it'll mess up stuff in the future. What stuff? Well, what if O'Brien never joins Starfleet? What if? 
Well, he's the most important person in Starfleet. Why? Because he is. There's a whole sta- there's a statue for him. There's a statue for him. For who? For O'Brien. Who? The most important person in Starfleet. Who are they? What? Well, what will they have done that I know about? O'Brien. All sorts yeah. of stuff. Like what? Who's in the, on the Enterprise and on Deep Space Nine? Mm, I don't know that. Married a Japanese lady. Racist. It's pretty pretty cool. They had a daughter that they accidentally sent through time, and then she grew up on a planet on her own. <gasps> was she a salamander? Yes, but then like she was all savage and stuff because she'd been on her own in the wilderness. She, a salamander? And then she went back in time and like broke the circle. Was she a salamander? Um, no, because that's not time travel. Mm-hmm. That's to do with going past warp ten. That's quantum engineering. Friggin- I need some salamanders. But no, friggin', that's the only thing you know about Star Trek, isn't it? I fucking, it's like, the thing I love the most, yeah. is how ridiculous Because you read is. a Cracked article once. No, because I've actually seen the episode. No, you haven't. Yes, I have. Yeah, the episode's good. Yeah, because he's all body gross and... And then they fucking have salamander babies. Anything to do with body horror, I, I'd like to watch. Well, then maybe you should... Tetsuo and the Iron Man? Yeah, shut the fuck attitude. up. Shut the fuck up. You're going to reference watch, Tetsuo and the Iron Man. I, friggin You're going to reference yeah, Tetsuo and the Iron Man. But anyway, Strange New World's Lower Decks crossover. What, what? what wasn't are you it talking nice about? Them, wasn't it nice of them to put that episode up early just for me? Yeah, They reanimated the whole Strange New World's title sequence in Lower Deck style. Oh, really? They had the little creature sucking on does the cell. Does that mean cell they actually made it good? And everything. The Lower Decks title sequence is really good. No, no, I mean, does that mean they made Strange New Worlds good? Strange New Worlds is good. There's a bit where he finds Pike's saddle. Because Pike has a horse saddle in his office. Why? Because he likes to ride horses in the holodeck. Um, not in the ho- we're not in the holodeck he likes to ride horses there's an episode where he's like I need, I'm going to go ride my horse I'm just going to get my saddle and the next thing you know he's walking along carrying a saddle because <laughs> he has a saddle wait what he likes to ride horses what he's a country man Pike is but he's in space yeah but he's, his country's where his heart is but he's in space but when Boimler finds it and he's like I'm not going to sit on it I'm not going to sit on it and then he goes Riker manoeuvre and he swings his leg over it Riker style and sits on it Oh, and then all the way through the episode, Spock's practicing emotions. Spock's in it? Yeah. Spock's um, in a relationship with Nurse Chapel now. What? And he's been trying to practice emotions to make her feel more comfortable Man, wait, wait. with him. Leonard Nimoy's dead. And it keeps freaking Boimler out. Because when he meets Spock, he like, thinks he's caused some problem in the timeline. And he's messed Spock up. But Leonard Nimoy's dead. It was a different actor. Different actors have played Spock. Really? Yeah. So you're saying that Leonard Nimoy's not Spock? Not in this one, no. Who's who's Spock in this one? No one can hear you when you whisper. Who's Spock in this one? I don't know, some actor. Alright, okay. I don't care. <laughs> are you sure you're a Star Wars fan? No, what are you looking at on your phone all the time? I'm looking at pictures of ferrets. Why are you looking at pictures of ferrets? Because I can, and Jesus. Why are you looking at Asian men? The ferrets next to him. Hmm. Can you not see the ferret? He got little cucumbers on his eyes. Yeah. Poor ferret. He's <laughs> just so happy. Oh my god, the smile on Anne's face. <laughs> anyway, what are you reviewing now? Uh, my final review is going to be Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Is that your final review? Yay, boy! Oh, thank god. So I watched Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, and do you know what I feel? I feel this could have just been Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning, and that Part 1 didn't need to be there. Just come up with another title for the next movie. No, because there's a cliffhanger. And you haven't even seen it. You don't know there's a cliff in this unless you've been watching the viral marketing campaign in which Tom Cruise flies over a fucking cliff. Have you, Ed? Well, no, he's, there's the train. He's hanging off it. No, he takes a bike down a thing and then jumps off of the bike and then 
onto the train. He doesn't actually jump onto the train. He goes through a window and kills a guy. Yeah. Um, so, Dead Reckoning Part 1 is... It's finally time, man. Now you're going to spoil it for everyone. No, I'm not going to spoil it for anyone. It's finally time, man. It's that time when Ethan Hawke... Go on, Ant, say it. Say it. Ethan Hawke's not in this. Ah! <laughs> you fool! It's Ethan Hunt! I know. I didn't say Hawke. You said Hawke. You said Hawke. No, you're a madman. Ethan Hunt has to fight God with the help of Benji and Vin Rames' character I can't remember the name of. Vin Rames is looking real I'm puffy. He's a real fan of Vin Rames is looking life. real puffy and I don't think he stands up once in this whole film. He's like 70. It's like a Piranha 3 double D situation. Do you remember that where he had shotgun legs? Do you remember that? No. Because in Piranha 3D he got his legs bitten off. Oh yeah. Then Piranha 3 Double D has got shotgun legs. Oh, good for him. Do you remember that? No, I didn't watch Piranha 3 Double D. My God, you say you're a cinema fan. Tom Cruise would be so fucked off with you, right? <laughs> cinema! <laughs> so, and as we all know, Tom Cruise loves motion smoothing and Xenu. Those are two things we know about Tom Cruise. Those are the only two things we know about Tom Cruise. He might fuck fish, who knows? Um, but anyway, he's on the run. But also going rogue, but also trying to take down God and carry Elways. God? Yeah. This is this one is the one where Ethan Hunt takes down religious zealots for right. uh, attempting to protect a predictive AI that is also attempting to stop Ethan Hawke from killing it. Ethan Hunt. Ethan Hawke. From killing it. It's a really bad joke you're trying to do. It's, it's not a good <laughs> I one. I don't know if it's even a joke anymore, Anne. I'm going to be really tired. <laughs> but it's okay. I've been necking Pepsi Max to keep me going. All right. I'm full of beans. And I'm full of beans. Like Ethan Horns. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, it's it's a really good film. It's full of loads of action. It feels like these people are actually in places. Um, one of the things this film seems to be doing is taking every action set piece from other films released in the last 12 months and doing them better. So, Phonos Dex had a had a car chase through Rome. It looked real bad, and it wasn't very good. This one has a car chase through Rome. It looks real good. Yeah. It's really fun. Um, Indiana Jones had a train scene. This one has train scene. And it's really good. It's really fun. Hayley Atwell has to pretend to be Vanessa Kirby. What? Hayley Atwell has to pretend to be Vanessa Kirby at one point. All right. And she's trying to get away from Carrie Elways, who's also the chief head of the... We've well, only got one foot, so... Who? Carrie Elways. No, that's sore. He cut it off and... No, that's sore, as in his foot sore. That's yeah. not the cure for a sore foot. And the comedy is flying! <laughs> the joke's... A mile a minute. <laughs> I'm having a great time. I'm so tired. That's your fault. Anyway. You decided to talk for 40 minutes about frigging... Oh, should we go back to the emails from Parler? Yeah. Yeah, should we talk about the emails from Parler? Now get on with Mission Impossible. Okay, I'll get back on with Mission Impossible. So, the AI is a predictive AI that is using agents to try and stop Ethan Hawke from fighting the AI. The secret is that there is a Russian sub that they tried to use the AI on that ended up crashing at the bottom of the sea. But that sub at the bottom of the sea has two keys. And when they're connected together, you can get into the sub 
and it has a version of the AI mm. from a the, the the earliest version of the AI, which still includes the code for the kill switch, which the AI still has. It can't delete that part of its code. Mm. What it can do, though, is try and stop Ethan Hawke and then peg Benji, not Penji. I was going to say Penji. Peg, Simon Peg, is Benji, and he's like, I'll help you, Ethan. Let me just defuse this nuclear bomb. And as he's going to defuse the nuclear bomb, he's like, oh, it's asking me for my biggest fear or the thing that I can't live without. And the answer is friends with a W because they're adorbs. They stop that and then Hayley Atwell still. Why are you talking about what? I'm talking about the film. You don't need to snot tell the entire plot. There's none of this is plot. It's it cleverly is. disguised nonsense. Um, and yeah, they don't do it, but there's a sequel, so maybe. You know, why are you telling everyone what happens in the film? I mean, they don't do it, but maybe in the sequel because hmm. there's part two. You yeah. astutely put. I don't know. Uh, really good film. Mile a minute, Ant. Mile a bloody minute. My heart was pounding out of my chest. No, you want to get that looked up. I was watching this film and I was like, my peepers cannot take the tension. Your peepee? My peepers. No. My little mind grapes here, Ant. Really good review. You're doing great. Keep it up. Thanks, bud. Anyway, <laughs> this is the emotional support I'm coming for. Let's face it. One of the things that I... <laughs> One of the things that I have to ask is how much CGI are they using to make Tom Cruise look human again? Because <laughs> I've seen pictures of Tom Cruise. He's so puffy. Well, he had facelift surgery. Did he? Yeah. Really? Yeah, it swells up for a bit, doesn't it? Is that what happened? Yeah. I'm sorry, Tom Cruise. That's mean. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, he won't say he had facelift, but... Hey, look, Ant, 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 for a guy who doesn't believe in motion smoothing software, he does believe in that hardware, doesn't he? Motion smooth, because his face is smoother. <laughs> oh, God, Ant! No, you kill us all! You fool! Anyway, um, how do you feel about Mission Impossible? Well, I love the Mission Impossible films. How many have you watched? All of them. You've even watched the one with uh, Henry Cavill? Yeah, that's Mission Impossible Fallout. And Emilio Estevez. That's the first Mission Impossible. Emilio Estevez is not credited in that one. Uh, and Dougray Scott. That's Mission Impossible 2. And Philip Seymour Hoffman. Mission Impossible 3. And... The next one after that is um, freaking Ghost Protocol. Who's that's the one directed by Brad Bird. Yeah. No, wait, I thought the first And then Rogue one... Nations after that. Oh, no, the third one was... Um, was what's his name? J.J. Uh, Abrams. Flair. Yeah. And then the fourth one's Brad Bird. And then the fifth one is... It's Chris McQuarrie. That's when it... Chris is that McQuarrie. when it was taken over? And yeah. the fifth one is the one with the Dubai stunt. No, Ghost Protocol's got the Dubai stuff. Is that four? Yeah. Yeah. And then five's the one with um, Alec Baldwin getting shot. Yeah. Yeah. And then six... Remember Jeremy Renner was in one of them? Who's in three of them? He's not. He's in two. He's in... Um, three of them. He's only in Mission Impossible 3 and 4. I thought he was in five as well. No, briefly. I think they just completely forgot he existed. No, I think Jeremy Renner is in five. You don't realize he was busy it. doing the Born Legacy. He was he was Jason Bourne too because they were trying to shoehorn him into every film franchise for a few years. Well, he was actually going to take over for Thingy at one point. Wasn't now he? they have to shoehorn him out from under a tractor. 
You don't use a shoehorn for that. You use the jaws of life, apparently. Um, what was the? He's in. He is more than two, I think. Filmography. Oh my god, he's so old that he was in. He was in National Lampoon's Senior Trip. Oh, he was in. Don't say. He's been around for years. He's so old. He was in like Angel and he's stuff. He's in Hansel and Gretel, Witch Hunters. Yeah, he was like the main character in that. Like. He was in the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. Yeah. He was in the Hurt Locker. Yeah, you're naming all the films he's, he's in. Three well films. Known for being. Three of the Mission Impossible films. Two. It's two of them. <laughs> he's in three of them, man. He's, yeah. Yeah, he's in. I will not have my knowledge of Mission Impossible films being questioned. He's in three of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. He's in Ghost Protocol and Rogue Nation. Yeah, you're right. And Alec Baldwin makes it one more film. Yeah, he and gets, gets killed. Gets killed. Um, yeah. In 2018. Smart move. Yeah, it was a smart move. Shoot him before he shoots someone else. Actually, he was all right in Mission Impossible because I liked his arc in. Um, is it four or three? Um, yeah, it's free. It's the the way he just like doesn't trust Ethan Hunt and he thinks he's a rogue and he's too dangerous. And then by the end of it, he's like, oh shit, this guy's a psychopath and stuff <laughs> just sort of works out for him. Uh, okay. There is a line in this in which someone calls him a rolling agent of chaos hmm. who cannot be held held down by man or God. Yeah. And like, I'm like, nah, shoot him. That's what he's like. He's, that's the thing, Nathan Hunt's whole thing in the series. There is a there is an arc. Mm. is that he's constantly... He's like an extreme sports fan who's constantly looking for the next extreme thing he can do. Yeah. Like, you know, if he fell into the Point Blank, original Point Blank movie, he'd, he'd have a whale of a time Wait. taking part in bank robberies and skydiving and shit. When you said Point Blank, I was thinking gross Point Blank. No. He'd have a whale of a time in that as well. <laughs> he would, yeah. He'd I'm kill just a normal teenage guy. <laughs> in seconds. But, um, but no, he's, he's always looking... He's always like... Everything's got to be the next big thrill. I think it'd be really funny if there was like another spy team doing the exact same stuff, but like without blowing up shit and crazy stuff. So that's stunts. kind of the thing. There is Shea Wingham's in this. You just need people just going. I like think his name's Shea. Going, Wait, what did you do to get that code from the? I just hacked it. So Shea Wingham's in this. Who's like he's low key been like really good in a lot of shit that he's done, but I don't think he's really got much recognition yet. But Shea Wingham, yeah. So he was he was um, he was Samuel Jackson's second in command in uh, the uh, Skull Island film, King Kong Skull Island. You know the guy who like when they crash, he's eating, and like he's just like very passe about the whole thing, and then he tries to blow up Kong. No, tries to blow up the skull cracker with the grenades, yeah. and it just flings him across the map, and he just explodes. Yeah, so he's he was in like Splinter and shit like that, like early on, which is a horror film I really like. But he's most recently been in the Mission Impossible films, and he just plays someone who's trying to... Like, there is a thing where he's just trying to take down Ethan Hunt in an airport at the beginning of the film. And he's just such a good scene, because it's basically... He has, like, eight agents. They're all CIA. And they're all like, okay, he's here, and they're using the cameras. And basically, as they're as they're trying to hunt him down, Ving Rhames is, like, basically using, like, deepfake technology to put Tom Cruise's face on different people as they walk around and disguise Tom Cruise's face. And it's just like a really great thing where like Cher Wing was just like, fuck yeah, let's stop following what the people say when they're looking at the cameras. Can you just take here, you take here and you take here and then they end up finding him and almost capturing him. But he's in the film throughout like just chasing him down and it's like really cool having a foil for Tom Cruise who is just like, I don't give a fuck about any of the stuff he's doing. I just want to stop Tom Cruise and they keep almost catching him. 
there's a really nice point where like Tom Cruise is like, we've got to get into that party. And they've got like this boat they have to hire to go down like the, um, down the canal. the front door. No, well, no, it's like basically they're in like uh, Venice. Like skydived into a party. They're in Venice. And fall out. Yeah. They're in Venice. Mm. And the idea is that there's like an underground club that's being rented out by, by someone or something. Spoilers, mm. maybe. And they're going down the river and they're like, Basically, Tom Cruise is like, we've got to rent this boat to go to the super secret party. We've got to get these fake IDs and we've got to just go in to go and trade the key with someone who's got the other half of the key or buy the key off of them or sell them this key and then trace them to where they're going because they're the only people who know what it unlocks and how to get there. Like That's the whole thing is that basically whoever wants to buy their half of the key knows where it's going or at least that's the insinuation and knows what it unlocks and they can get there before that person if they need to. Um so yeah, Tom Cruise goes through all this effort to get in, and Cher Wingham and like his partner just turn up at the turn up at the thing. They just basically climb down. It's this little thing, and they're like, they're like, uh, you, we can't let you in. You don't have any tickets. Cher Wingham's like, we don't have any tickets. We don't have any tickets. Oh no, he just takes out takes Fox one person up and then grabs the other guy and takes him. And he goes, oh, I guess uh, got no one to give our tickets to. <laughs> and then just walks through the door. Why don't they just make some fake tickets? Shout William just walks in. Don't mm. give a fuck. Like, they don't have any of the funding of, like, the Mission Impossible people. They essentially have enough money to take a plane places to try and track down Ethan Hunt. Ethan Hunt. I finally got it right. And they, uh, didn't. they didn't. They chase him down. They just, that's it. That's all mm. their job is to chase down Ethan Hunt and try and arrest him. And that's what they're trying to do. In this, though, like, you do find out how he gets hired to do the impossible missions. Because it's the IMF. So it's the impossible. That's, like, the whole thing in the it's whole the show. It's the impossible mission team, right? And like they're trying Impossible to work mission front yeah. force. They're trying to work out how they get hired. And like apparently there's like a direct line to the president, but for the most part, people just contact them and if they can take the mission or if they want to do the mission, they'll just say yes. But no one really controls them. Well no, there's just a group of secret agents that yeah. are all disjointed, but they they come together to save the world. Yeah, yeah, they do but the yeah, missions that the CIA and the FBI can't do. It's a really good film, and it's a really good film. There's a lot of money behind this. It's not doing as well as it possibly could do. It's done all right. It's done all right, but it's not doing like gangbusters. Like, yeah, but none of the Mission Impossible films do billion dollars. I think the last one did really well, didn't it? Yeah, they all do a decent amount of money. None of them are like. I think for the last one was over a billion. Nah, no Fallout. Nah, Fallout was so good. Yeah. Fallout. There's that. There's that bathroom scene. But then there's also the scene where someone well, when takes... they're um, all naked rolling yeah. around on the floor. Eastern Promises style. Yeah. Yeah. There's the scene there's a scene where or someone transport gets... a two star with the oil. Yeah. <laughs> That's that seems so uncomfortable because he puts those little he kicks the the pedals off a bike <clears> and goes around like he's around those high hills about a hill. And he's just like kicking people in the face and I was like, That's so slippery and so dangerous. He's gonna twist an ankle. Um in Mission Impossible Fallout, Henry Cavill takes a fucking hook to the face. Yeah. It's incredible. That wouldn't stop him. If you listen to Snyder Cult fans and how much they think Henry Cavill's the oh my God, the toughest man alive. He's also so shit a Superman. Like, he's the worst Superman. He look he, he looks alright as Superman in a photo. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's all that's all <laughs> yeah. they want. Yeah. They don't want him to be No, like, they want Superman to meet, I don't know, Global Florp the something or the other. <laughs> Mr. Mixel Piss pick Pixelic. Let me make a, a film with Mr. Mixel Plick Lick in it. That would be friggin' awesome. James Gunn's making one. I would, I would do the um, the twist from the man. Uh, what do we get the man from? Uh, oh, yeah, there's everything. everything yeah. The whole, like, you know, I spent 2,000 years being mischievous. Now I think I'm going to spend some time being evil. Yeah. And maybe after that I'll try being guilty. 
And he just looks all... Anyway, so good. Mission Impossible, um, Dead Reckoning Part 1. Really good film. Really good film. Um, some weird directing choices by Chris McQuarrie for this one. And also, I do feel like Tom Cruise is just trying to kill himself. Well, he can't be killed by conventional means. <laughs> so. No, he can't be killed by mortal weapons. Yeah. So we've just got to find some immortal ones. Mm. Oh, that's why he was in The Mummy. I like him in Buffy the Vampire Slayer when they had that one. He was a rocket launcher. Yeah. yeah. He's like, I can't be killed by any weapon made for, by man. He said, yeah, but it's been like a, a thousand, thousand years. years. Yeah. What about rocket demon, launchers? He's What's a that? demon that, that can't be killed, but he can be disassembled. Because they find bits of him, don't they? And they well, combine they them back together. And so they blow him up and there's just all his bits are everywhere. Yeah. Um, that's kind of the ending to that Renfield film. Mm. Like, they're like, oh, we don't know how to kill Dracula. Oh, I've got an idea. So they just basically chop him to pieces. I want to see that um, Last Voyage of the Dementor. Dementor. I really want to see that. That's out soon. Because they've been, that's the film that was like talked about being made in the 90s. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It's um, the guys who worked on Bram Stoker's Dracula were like, it was an idea from a bunch of them. Oh. Um, it looks really It was cool. going to be like a film about the part in Bram Stoker's Dracula where, where it's just a boat, boat trip. Yeah, you and know, the boat turns like, up with no one on it. Yeah. Yeah. That was the idea. It was going to be feeding on the crew as he goes. But, um, you don't want to see that because it looks like sort of alien. Yeah. 18th century alien. Have you seen they've wrapped on an alien film that they've been making? There's a series they're doing. No, there's a series and there's a film. Is there? They did a film not long ago. It was directed by... I can't remember who it was. Your face. Wasn't Ridley Scott doing another one? No, Ridley Scott wanted to write another one, didn't he? Yeah. Um, alien movie wraps. Anyway, um, yeah, Dead Reckoning. It's really fucking good. Um, but I, the only problem is that, like, if they, if they just maybe... Just maybe um, tightened, a bit, tightened it up a little bit. They could probably just get the plot done in one. Because you know better than Chris McQuarrie. What? No, it's and just... international movie star Tom Cruise. Thomas Cruise. I want them to get Shah Rukh Khan in the next one. Who? Shah Rukh Khan, the biggest film star in the world. The guy from, uh, from Extraction, the first Extraction. No. Fede Alvarez. Oh, wait a minute. The directed... guy who directed Evil Dead. Yeah, Evil Dead, yeah. Yeah, so he's he's wrapped on his. It's apparently coming out in twenty fourteen, twenty twenty four. Ah, sweet. Yeah, that's how they wrapped. They had a wrap picture. They've got like the puppet. Ah. it's a really cool looking uh, looking face hugger puppet. Yeah, it's got like weird coloring on it though. It looks a bit more like a spider. Like it's got like adaptive coloring on the legs. It's meant to be yellow and bony. Yeah, but it's like um, if you have a look, so it's got like a weird like almost like a camouflage, like a spider has. You know, like where they get like the darker patches on the back. <laughs> So, but yeah, it's very cool. Very cool. Very Alien cool. Alien Romulus. That's the planet where the Romulans live on in Star Trek. That was its working title, so I don't know oh. if that's going to be the official Well, Romulus is of um, ancient Greek... Romulans. Uh, I forget, it's a reference. Romulans. Greek mythology. Yeah. Romulus, Romulus. and Remus. Are you reaming now? No, Remus. Who are you asking to Remus? Romulans. Oh. Do they have the, they have the foreheads, right? Yeah, but the Remans are all, like, mutated. No, but the Romulans who want to Remus, they have the... No, they have pointy ears. Oh! Because they're like the Vulcans. They're, oh, okay. They're splinter race of the Vulcans. I guess they can Remus. There's also another splinter race, but you only ever saw them in one episode. Did he raise turtles as well? No. Uh, great. Hey, Anne. Since we've been talking about someone reaming us, what are you up to? What's your last review? You sure about that? You sure that's what you Turn doing? on motion smoothing on every film. Yeah. It's the right way to watch Yeah, I'm going to do it on Gemini, man. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> Take it from 120 frames per second mm. to barely 12. There's approximately four milliseconds per second, that are, you know, four milliseconds yeah. gap between each frame. Yeah. You can't actually watch that film in the way no, it's intended. There is there's no, no way to watch there's it. There's no 4K 3D 120 frames per second version, which no. is Ang Lee's Preferred design because he's such a cinematic. Yeah. Because Ang Lee, who is, you know, majorly well known for producing small melodramas and you know pieces of Life proper of cinema and stuff before that before that the before hulk, hulk oh. he did he did melodramas and shit yeah and so he thought i know what i'm gonna get two will smiths one of them's gonna be cgi i'm gonna animate it at 120 frames per second yeah let's just do everything i can to Everyone's piss off christopher nolan it's like he was like hey chris watch this to christopher nolan yeah. and nolan was like you fuck what are you doing so the secret, the, the secret to Gemini Man is everyone's allergic to bees. Mm. That's how you kill them, bees. Because the, they're allergic to bees. Do you not know that? I think Will Smith is allergic to bees. In West Philadelphia, born and raised on the playground is where I spent most of my days. Chilling out, maxing, relaxing all corners. Calling some teenagers shooting up, some people outside shooting school. some people outside the school. When a couple Why have I guys, been schooling people on hip hop so who much? Who are up to no Jesus good? Christ. Started making trouble in my neighbourhood. I got in one little fight. My mum got sketched. Says you're moving with your auntie and uncle Bel Air. Mm-hmm. I whistled for a cab, and when it came near, the license said, "Sorry, the license plate said fresh." It's fresh and had dice in the mirror. Had dice in the mirror. I looked at my kingdom. I was finally there to sit on my throne as the Prince of Ella. That comes after that I pulled up to the house around seven or eight. And I and yelled, yelled to the, the cabbie, cabbie go home, smell you later. Looked at my kingdom. Yeah. I was finally there. But that abridges the song and misses out the whole... Yeah, it cuts out the whole section. verse. It's not yeah. very good. Well, they only had a minute for the title sequence. Hey, guess what, Ant? What? That song slaps. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've made that joke four or five times. <laughs> since we, since the Oscars a year and a bit ago, I've made that joke four or five times. Oh, because Will Smith slapped. Slapped Chris Rock! Oh. Yeah. And also because the movie Bright Slaps. Oh, Bobby Fingers needs to do a diorama Bobby Fingers? That. Yeah, yeah. No, Bobby Fingers, he's a YouTuber who I makes know, dioramas. I know, I know, I know. You've shown me... Like that several. time Michael Jackson's hair caught on fire on the <laughs> set of the Pepsi. Or the time Steven Seagal got choked out by Gene LaBelle. yeah. And maybe shit himself. Yeah, maybe shit himself. He definitely did. He definitely did, because it's Steven Seagal. Um, what was I going to say? You must not eat my sesame cake. Come on, go. Is that, what, are you dumb? <laughs> yeah, I yeah? think so. Right, I watched Shin Kamen Rider. Wait. The new Kamen Rider film. Wait. What? Shin Kamen Rider's already a thing. No, the Kamen Rider's Shin. Wait. What? The one from 1990. Yeah. Yeah, the new Kamen Rider film is called Shin Kamen Rider. Wait. The one from 1990 is called Kamen Rider Shin. What's the difference? The two different things. So it's not a sequel? No. Shin Kamen Rider is Hideki Anno's new film, part of his whole Godzilla Ultraman project he's been doing, because he did Shin Ultraman as well, where he produced it anyway. And it's like his way of retelling the story of the original Kamen Rider series. Where Takeshi Hongo gets turned into a super-powered being who can, but retains his individuality by this eagle organization called Shocker, and Shocker's like trying to take over the world with mutant people yeah. and stuff. 
Um, and this is like Decciano. Imagine if you like hadn't watched the show for like forty years, and then you try to recreate it just based on your memory of what you remember from that show. This is what it's like. So like, the first half of the film is like he rattles through a bunch of episodes from the show. It's really quick fire. It's like they go right from the start. It's like right, there's four of these frigging mutant people out there, orgs as they call them in this. You got to deal with them. And he's like, all right, and it just rattles through taking care of the bat one and the spider one and friggin' all that shit. What are you looking at now? Shin Kamen Rider. It's fucking rad. Stop watching the video. No, I'm listening to you whilst I learn about the thing. This film's big. It came out this year in oh, Japan. Really? It's on Amazon Prime now. <gasps> yeah. Got them Is there double subs? Subtitled. Good. Um, but you have to look, search for Shin Masked Rider because that's what they put it as on Amazon Prime. But anyway, um, yeah, so it rattles through a bunch of the villains and stuff, and then halfway through the film, it's like, plot twist, here's the main villain, and he's like a butterfly augment who's got superpowers. And there's all this stuff running through about people's life force. They refer to it as prana. It's their life of energy. One of the characters absorbs it to make herself more powerful, so she kills people by absorbing their effectively their soul to become more powerful. And the main villain's plan is to absorb everyone in the world into this, like... This, work, this virtual world where their souls will live for eternity. I like these still as the scarf. Well, heroes wear scarves. Red scarves specifically. That's a plot point in the film. It's worth watching the film twice, actually, because there's a lot of things that you might not understand what the reference is. But it'll, it'll, it, the story loops it around later. And when you go back and watch it, you go, oh, that's what that meant. Oh. But um, it's a very fast-moving thing. And it like sort of reimagines the look. It's got yeah. a very traditional Carmen Rider costume because they've, they've done a remake of the original series before because they did Carmen Rider the first yeah. years ago and the costume in that was a very updated costume, like much more um, technologically looking. But the one they've done for this film is like very much like the original Carmen Rider costume, just tidier. Because mm. um, in the original one, it's like massive, great big foam pads on his chest and everything. Yeah, whereas this it looks more like tactical, like military bit style. A bit more streamlined, but it still does the thing when he sits down and the foam pad's kind of right under his chin. Yeah. Um, and get in the way a bit. But um, yeah, I love how they did it because it is, it's a, just a really fun film. Like, they introduced Carmen Rider the second... Because in, in the original series, the guy who plays Takeshi Hongo, the first Carmen Rider, um, he was also Sagata Sanshiro. Do you remember that? No. He was a Sega... Mask guy. Oh yeah, yeah. I I, I heard of it, but it's yeah. not something that was. Um, he broke his leg in a motorbike or motorbike most motorbike stunt that they were filming because he insisted on doing all his own stunts. Yeah. On the original show, um, and then he was there. There was like Carmen Rider two became the main character. Like they introduced a new Carmen Rider for the show. Like, oh yeah, Takashi Hongo's had to go like international stuff, so he's gone for a few months. Um, but this film introduces the second Carmen Rider as like Shocker's weapon to take on. The first one. And he's got a bit of his individuality there and they, they break his program and then work together to fight the butterfly rider. It's really good. Um, some really crazy action sequences in it and it really pushes, like... It doesn't go for realism in any way at all. Like, there's stuff where, like, like the bat monster's getting rider kicked out of the sky mm. and they've done that weird thing where it looks like they've attached... You know, like in animation, if you attach a point to some part of body yeah. and start waggling it around all over the place and it moves unnaturally yeah. and like moves about in a weird way. They do loads of that in this film. So he'll be rider kicking an enemy to the ground and his head will be going all over the place because he's freaking the fuck out. Yeah, it looks like that's like the first... 
that's the spider org. Oh yeah, so it is. Um, the back guy just gets fucked up and stuff. He's great because he's flapping away. He's got a hole in his wing and barely flapping properly, so his animation's going all over the place. Yeah. Like you know how when a butterfly flaps its wings and it goes crazy all over the place. Yeah. Like, looks like that. Um, and he's like, "Ha! Ah, you can't reach me because your highest jumping capability is sixty-six point five meters or something." So Hongo just like lifts the bike up into the air on rocket thrusters and jumps from midair and just crashes him into the ground. Um, it has all sorts of stuff from the original show as well. Like when when the people die, the agents of Shocker they dissolve, they turn to foam and dissolve, like they did in the original show. And it's a nice little touch because that's a very nineteen seventies thing to get around showing dead bodies for too long. Um, it's quite violent as well. It's got a, it's got like a thirteen year, year old rating for Japan, which is like the equivalent of a twelve certificate here. But like people are getting their heads blown up in this and blood's flying everywhere. Like the first fight in the film has like blood all over the forest where they're yeah. fighting it just turns red um but no it's a really just enjoyable there's there's a fight between him and the Wasborg, and it's like on this the show's film's limited budget they made a far more impressive high speed fight sequence than anything that they've done with the flash or quicksilver or anything and it's all like it reminds me of his cutie honey film that hideki Anno did years ago you keep mentioning that cutie honey's fantastic because he's in that in Cutie Honey, he aimed to make it look like animation. So it was all like they would use photos and distort them and use them like keyframes in this animation. Did come out in the last couple of days on Amazon Prime yesterday? Oh, right. Um, ah. But um, yeah, so they did that during the fight with the wasp. So with the wasp org. So it, all it is is like the keyframes getting animated. So it's just like snapping between different poses, like you would get in animation when they want to show like characters moving fast and all that sort of stuff. It's all just like snapping to the next frame of the animation. Yeah. And like characters whizzing all over the place. Um, and when he fights the other Kamen Rider, it goes Dragon Ball Z style. And they're just like running, jumping like 60 foot in the air, kicking and punching each other a couple of times, landing, running a bit more, jumping again, kicking and punching each other again a few times. Because Kamen Rider 1's more effective in the air because his whole power's based on wind mm. cyclone. But Kamen Rider 2 can henshin without it. Yeah. Um, it doesn't build up to like big henshin sequences like the show would. They have them. They have moments where he's like, oh, henshin, and transforms. But it doesn't mean as much in this as it does in like Kamen Rider Black Sun, which made a massive deal out of the first time he fully armoured up in that. And it's kind of it's kind of crazy that in this year there's been like, there's a Shin Ultraman, which is like, you know, big prestige production tokusatsu film. We've had Shin Kamen Rider... By, with Hideki Anno directing it, you know, from Neon Genesis Evangelion and Shin Godzilla. Mm. You had Shin, they had that Kamen Rider Black Sun show, which had the guy from Drive My Car in it and friggin' oh, yeah, it did, a whole yeah. bunch of like prestige writers and directors and stuff. Like a big budget, a show that had a, was came out just after Shinzo Abe got assassinated and the main villain is like Shinzo Abe and he gets killed in it. He gets assassinated and he's an absolute piece of shit. That show is amazing. Um, Machine Carmen Rider doesn't necessarily have so much to say politically, but it's more about like finding what's important in life and holding on to it and ways to preserve people's memories and all this sort of stuff. Um, but it's also got really cool action sequences that are like far more dynamic than anything you get in American films. It's like proper fun stuff. I want to see a Carmen Rider film directed by Ryuhei Kitamura because like that guy's been languishing. What did he do? Versus. Oh, God yeah. damn it, give me another verse. Yeah. Mid- he was meant to be remaking verse. He did Midnight Meat Train, do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah, which is all right, that. 
It's fine, listen. yeah. Just as yeah. like a little vehicle starring an early... Early... Um, Finney Jones in it. No, but who's the main character? Is Melissa uh, George. No, the main character is played by... Melissa George. No. Australian actress. No, the main character is played by... Who's the dude? Well, the main character is a woman in Midnight Meat Train. No, Midnight Meat Train, the main character is Bradley Cooper. What? Melissa George, you're thinking of Triangle. No, the one with Finney Jones. Yeah, Midnight Meat Train, Bradley Cooper's the main character. No one cares about Bradley Cooper. Just because you don't remember the film properly. I know, Melissa George was on the front cover. Of Triangle? No. I'm right. Midnight Meat Train, the front cover is Bradley Cooper or Vin Diesel. The front cover is Vin Diesel. No, uh, uh, not Vin Vin Rames. What's his name? Um, Leslie Bibb. Leslie Bibb's in Midnight Meat Train. Yeah, that's who i She's not on the poster. She was in stuff. Yeah, she was in Iron Man. Iron Man? Yeah. He does whatever an Iron can. Yeah, Midnight Meat Train is neither... It's not the female lead in any of the posters that were released. You're thinking of Triangle. Melissa Georgian. Triangle! I like her. Bring back Melissa George. She's in loads of stuff. She was in uh, 30 Days a Night. Because she was... She was I, I used to watch Home and Away. Cause... There you go. That's the film post you're thinking of. I'm not thinking of that. that. That is exactly what you're fucking thinking of. I refuse to think about that. No, that's... She was exa- in an episode of Star Trek Discovery. Oh, my God. Me. Fucking useless sometimes. <laughs> Shin Kamen Rider and... Hey, there's The Good Wife. That's the show that... um. Ben Shapiro tried to get a job on. Really? And they, um, the producers looked up his name yeah. and saw what he's like online and were like, fuck no. <laughs> also, his writing was probably shit, to be fair. Yeah. Liam Hemsworth's in Triangle. Liam Hemsworth? Oh, they got the wrong Hemsworth in that film they back then. the other Hemsworth. Yeah. Um, bring back Melissa George. I don't know why I've got the ability to know what post you're talking about when you say Melissa George in a poster. She is the girl. In what? In Mulholland Drive. Is she? Yeah, she is the girl. Oh, okay. You know when you see her walk on? Yeah. And Justin Theroux. Well, it's not. It's like, because Naomi Watts is too old, so they call on the girl. No, but the shadowy figures are like, when you see her come on, this yeah. is the girl. You just say, oh. this is the girl. Because they're manipulating who he wants. It's like, yeah. he has to hold the auditions, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. He has to pick that girl. Yeah. Not Naomi Watts. Yeah. Mulholland Drive's great. It's uh, great film. But also, so Shin Carmen Rider. Yeah, sounds um, it. Which could potentially have a sequel. Yeah. Uh, I'd, it's fine. I'd be fine if he didn't. Wouldn't be. It's, it's got Hidekiano's, like, his way of editing around anything he sees as pointless information. You know, like, if a character's, like, got a hostage in a car. Yeah. And they get out of the car and they take the hostage out, right? If you were watching most films, it'd be like, car stops, opens the door, pulls open the door for the hostage, picks him up, drags him out, shot, 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 whatever. Mm. In this, it's like, the car stops... And then the door's open, he's carrying the girl out, and then the next shot's got him putting her down somewhere. It. it like cuts around. Fucking perfect. Just I watched a film the other day. I rewatched Orphan. 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 Um, I rewatched Orphan. Hmm. And there is a scene with uh, like First Kill. No, the the original. Ah. And there's a scene in which they're like, We've got to take the Orphan hmm. to the mental doctor. They're like, Okay, let's go to the mental doctor. And you you see a scene of them. Walking out of the house, getting in the car, the car driving through some mountains, the car pulling into the doctor's office, them getting out of the car, walking into the doctor's office and saying, we have an appointment, please. Like, 
All of that information is useless to I would to trim us. that down. I would say we need to get her to see a doctor. And yeah. as that sentence is ending, cut to the outside of a hospital. Wouldn't even wouldn't even do that. Mm. I would do I would do her talking to the husband saying, I'm going to book an appointment. Her calling and saying, yes, No, doctor. so you're doing more already. No, 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 shush. Listen, with your ears, no. not your mouth thing, your no. ear thing. No. I would have, we need to take her to the doctor. Call up, hello, doctor. Yes, we can be in later. Doctor Jones. Doctor Jones. Calling Doctor Jones, and then I would have the next scene: the door, just the camera in the room, and just being like, "So tell us, Esther, X, Y, Z," and that's it. Because I like the bit when they're like delivered information. She's not a child. Yeah, obviously. And she's driving the car. Yeah, yeah. Does she have little blocks? Have in you her watched? Feet? Have you watched the sequel yet? No. Oh my god, you'll love I'm it. I'm never going to watch it's, it. No, you'll <laughs> genuinely love no it. No malignant. No, you will love it. It is it is on par with Malignant in terms of it's like just no. Oh, yeah, you watched the Barbie movie, didn't you? No, not yet. Uh, no. I hope in the film they keep teasing they're going to play Barbie, Barbie Girl, yeah. but yeah. at the end credits it plays Doctor Jones. No, I was I was going to see it this weekend, but mm. Liv's plays on. So I went to see Liv's play yesterday. Um, Do you remember that bit in the Flash when he says, "Come on, Barbie, let's go party"? And you've already explained. And then how Barbie you Girl doesn't yeah. play. I mean, that film was just a fucking train wreck. no needle drops in Shin Kamen Rider. They don't need it. Oh, yeah. There's a bit where he's, he had his leg broken. The yeah. Kamen Rider 2 breaks Kamen Rider 1's legs. Yeah. Um, which is a reference to the accident. Yeah, 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 the mobile accident you already said. In a scene after that whole sequence, he's talking to the two agents that have been helping him. And he's just having the conversation. And they're all just like, okay, so this is what we need to do now. He's okay. And it cuts to this really long wide shot. And he just does a backflip. And then it cuts back up to close to us. Oh, your legs are right then. Says, yeah, it's healed. That's <laughs> <laughs> fucking. Just That's this wide shot you see. How do you do it? Shows f- information right. delivered. Yeah, but um, there's it, loads of little things in that film where, like, like she puts the scarf on him and says, "Motorcyclists have to wear a scarf." Like, why is that a thing? Well, you'll find out when you watch the film. Because you think, oh, that's just some weird affectation, and it's just Hideo, Hideki Anno finding a way to put a scarf on him, because Carmen Ryder 1 had a scarf. Yeah. And when she does it, you see her dad there in the scene, he's like a little bit choked up, yeah. or something like that, but later on you see a photo and he's Carmen Ryder. of a dad, and he's on a motorbike when and he was younger, with a red scarf on. He's Carmen Ryder. And I'm like, oh, it meant something to her. He's her Kamen dad's Ryder. her hero. She's acted like he doesn't. She doesn't really care about him too much. But no, her dad was a hero. Just like in Train to Busan. <laughs> yeah, man, Shin Khan Rai is great. I'm glad I finally watched it. When's Shin, Shin Ultraman coming out in the UK? Fucking, oh, no. Do you want to get you a copy? No, I can. I can grab it. I know it's available. People have subbed it online yeah. and stuff and made it available. It's got released on Blu-ray in America, and they fucked up the subtitles. Yeah, like it's full of hex code and shit, and like well, that's broken. It's America, they thing. can't fucking read. Regardless. They're sending out replacement discs to everyone, apparently. Yeah. But the thing was, the the film was released in the cinema. It had subtitles, perfectly fine. And apparently, this is like a different translation. They've messed it up. It's because it's American. I they freaking, can't fucking read, mate. Where's our release over here? Well, and we, when's RR getting a Blu-ray release? Never. It's, it's a Netflix film. Uh, India. It's not a Netflix, Netflix film. Yeah, it is. We haven't even got the proper version on Netflix. We've got Tamil. the Hindi version. No. Tamil version's the proper language version. Oh. The only option we've got for watching it is the Hindi version. There's no other language option. But in India, they don't even release it on Blu-ray over there. You can't get it on Blu-ray. Biggest film last year. Not on Blu-ray. Hmm. Freaking fantastic film. Yeah, Let's watch that again. Good. I've watched it twice. I need to watch it. It's three hours long, yeah. I know, that's what, fine. Watch something else. For three hours. What, like Oppenheimer? Fucking... Yeah. Or Barbie. There's no fight, good fight sequences in Oppenheimer. You know how you can tell Barbie's a good film? Because conservatives are pissing their pants over it. Yeah. 
That's how you can tell it's a good film. If they're if they're cheering for something, it's usually dog shit. If they hate something, it's usually really good. I'm surprised they didn't attack Guys of the Galaxy. That was such like a pro-veganism, pro-non-animal testing film. Well, they don't care about animals. Yeah, they don't. No. No. Maybe if it was about letting people have abortions. <laughs> I mean, it kind of was. All aboard! That's still one of my favourite jokes from... That's Starlord's famous catchphrase. Yeah, all aboard. <laughs> no, it's my favourite line from Frisky Dingo. It's like, oh, we can watch we can watch uh, Dolores Colburn. It's like, what's that movie about? It's like... Dolores oh, Claiborne. Some... Yeah, Dolores Claiborne. It's like, what's yeah. that film about? It's some chick trying to get an abortion. It's like... And is she hot? And it's like, it's Kate Blanchett. And it's like, all aboard! <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't Kate Blanchett, it was Kathy Bates. Was it Kathy Bates? Kathy Bates. And no, she's... Dolores Colburn is the... Dolores Claiborne's about a nun yeah, who helps the... people get abortions. Is it? Yeah, she was what's helping people get Kate abortions. What's the one with where she's getting abortions? Probably the same film, she might be in it, but she's... Friggin Kathy Bates is the main... She's Dolores Claiborne. Irish film. Yeah. And it wasn't Stephen King. Stephen Mrs. King. America. Mrs. America. Oh, it's a miniseries. Well, she took a whole series to get an abortion. Yeah, conservative activist Fitch leads a fight against the Equality Act. That doesn't sound good. Anyway, you done? Yeah, um, but yeah, uh, it's that and uh, that and what's his what's his name on his ID here? It's like, well, he changed it legally. What's he changed it to? Bilbo T. Baggins. <laughs> it's just like, just like, oh, I just got that. Oh, gross. <laughs> Great. What was that other one? Not Frisky Dingo. There was that other animated one. Mouse something? Exticles. There's something about a mouse. I don't know what you're talking about. Carl was cool. Exticles. There's loads of those adult swim coins. Yeah. Aquatine Hunger Force was the best one. Yeah. Rape your rape. (laughs) You get one slurp juice. (laughs) That means you can mint three apes for three slurp juices. Oh my god. Dane, Dane... Uh, Dana what's his name um, he's not in he's not in the new Venture Bros movie Dana Carvey yeah, no um, the one who did the voice of Master Shake Dana Gould yeah I think so I can't remember he plays the bald magician yeah and he's not in the not in the mo- new movie everybody else came back what's he so fucking important maybe he murdered someone <laughs> Bring back, bring back your pretty faces going to hell. That's such a good series. Such a good series. Yeah, you need to take a break in the break room. I don't, I don't really want to go in the break room. Yeah, come on. Get in the break, take five in the break room. I just want smiling friends back. And he like, opens the door. It's like a little, little hatch. And there's just a bunch of whirling blades. And he's like, yeah, just get in there. There's a, there's a Mortal Kombat animated film coming out. With Johnny Cage. Yeah, but John Gilbert Gottfried's in it. Yeah, it's his last film. Yeah, fucking... And it actually looks really fun. Fucking... When... when, when how long ago did they record that? A long time ago. Because <laughs> Gilbert Godfrey's been dead for over... I think it's properly animated. Yeah. Yeah, so it looks all right. I saw, yeah. saw clips of it. It's got his little powers. He, like, it looks, it looks a bit like an archer. Thing. Yeah. Want... Well, no, it looks like archer. It looks more like... It doesn't look like archer, but it looks like they're doing the, yeah. the archer thing. It looks... Wacky, zany, violent comedy. I, it looks to me. It just looks like someone's gone. Hey, big trouble, in little China. But it's it's Johnny K. Smaller tone, freaking yeah. Mortal Kombat should have. Yeah, instead of self serious. Freaking. I liked. I liked Mortal Kombat Mortal... should be schlock. I liked the new Mortal Kombat. We got yeah. to play as RoboCop and shit. And mm. I liked the one before that. We got to play as Jason and the Alien. Mm. Do you not remember that? What on Mortal Kombat Ten? 
Oh, you could download Jason Voorhees and the other oh, yeah, 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 stuff. Yeah. And you then get Jean Claude Com- Van Damme in the new one. Yeah, and in Mortal Kombat 11, mm. you had fucking uh, you Terminator and Rambo. Terminator Rambo. Yeah, I, Rambo? I got that. And I got the Ultimate Edition a while ago, and yeah. I haven't played it. Have you not? I played like two minutes of it, and went. It's Fuck really this. fun. It wouldn't let me start the frigging game because it had disconnected from the network, even though I downloaded the whole thing. And I was like, I remember why I sold my original copy of this. <laughs> fucking. If you buy it on disc for PS5. You get a code in the box for the Ultimate Edition add-ons, but if you bought it when it was first released, it just gave you the full game. <laughs> so I've got the disc, which has the full game on it. <laughs> got the fucking full game download. They're great. They're great. They're best company ever, WB. They give me everything. Right, anyway. Have oh, you can find out at LV fifty four Space Monkey. Ant's bot collection. Mellow Gaming on YouTube. Wild Wars Hat on YouTube. You can find him at TF Nation. Wild Wars Hat on YouTube. On Twitter. You can find him at TF Nation. Are you on Freds yet? Oh, shit. Half in the bag reviewed Oppenheimer. <gasps> I know what I'm watching. Um, it's good, though, because the movies are back. Movies are back. Do you think Jack Quaid's going to have a cameo in their review? Maybe. He's their best he friend. going off to go and film Oppenheimer. Yeah, they're going to make his film. Yeah. That he, he's only in it for like a few minutes, apparently. He's not in much. What's that? Oppenheimer, he's not in it much. No, but he went, he was going off. Jess is in it. Who? Josh Hartnett. Yeah, yeah. I like Josh Hartnett. And apparently Andy Milianakis. I don't know if someone was joking about that. Wait, but apparently the cast is crazy in that film. Andy Milianakis. Yeah, do you remember the guy who looked like a kid? Yeah. Really early days of the internet. Someone told me he was in it. I don't know if it's true. Is he going to be <laughs> like a victim of the fucking bomb or something? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. What's he? Fucking, I don't know, maybe he isn't in it. I don't know if someone was just, like, saying there's crazy... Anyway, you can find me shit. at Critipocalypse. He's not in it, it's a lie. No, I didn't think he was. He was in Guardians of Justice, though, apparently. Yeah, that's a very bad You film. watched that, it's a series. Yeah. Fair, very bad series. Um, it's like what... It is, it is basically what Zack Snyder wanted to make, the film. Who plays Einstein in this? I, I did. You played Einstein? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Sweet as... Oppenheimer style. Oh, Casey oh, Affleck. Oh, 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 oh. Why do you have to put people like Casey Affleck in movies? Come on, guys. Oh, what? Casey Affleck's in Oppenheimer? Yeah. Oh, jeez. Like, come on, Casey Affleck's... I don't, I don't want... Get my, get him out of my movies. Tom Conti, James he DLC. Like, he'd beat up a woman. Dane yeah. DeHaan. Well, he did that film about beating up women. Yeah. David <laughs> Crumholtz is in this. Matthew Modine. There you go. Yeah, you like it. Matthew Emily Modine. Smokeser. Josh Peck from Drake and Josh. Wait, is that the pedo one or the non-pedo one? Oh, he's the non-pedo No, one. I was looking up superhero movie the other day. Yeah. And I was like, oh, who was the lead actor in that? And it was Drake Bell. Yeah. And I was like, oh, the shit. Pedo. But then I looked up the director. Yeah. And it's the guy who did Chernobyl and Last of Us. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> I, he's the writer of both of those. Yeah, no, he directed... Um, did he direct them? Yeah, he directed stuff as well. It was like oh. his, 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 his baby. Oh, Michael Angagario. That guy. You remember that guy? He was in loads of stuff. Yeah, I was, I was told there's like loads of random... Actors that you just don't expect. Josh Suckerman. Scott Matthew Brooks. Modine's in it. I already said that. Oh. Uh, Guy Burnett. Wait, is Guy Burnett the... Oh, no, he's not. What a cast. What a crazy Fucking cast. insane. Bernie um, Safdie. Is he in it? Bernie Safdie? Yeah. James Urbaniak. Alex Wolfe. Just all sorts of people are in it. Olivia Trilby's in it. I cannot be asked to see that film. Are you not going to see it? 
Can't be asked. Oh, I'm going to go see it. James Ramar. Wait, what? Really? James Ramar. Yeah. Fucking... Before or after the cocaine. From... Jason Clark. From, um... Warriors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And hey, a bunch of other stuff. Hey, lady. Hey, lady. Hey, lady. Black Lightning, he was... Was he? Oh, yeah, he was. He was the, the guy who did all the sewing. Yeah, yeah. Josh Clark's in it. Do you remember Josh Clark? Jason Clark's right. He was going to be... He was going to be the new... The new, um... What's his name? The new Terminator guy. Do you remember he was like, oh, I'm going to be Terminator guy. And it's like, oh, no. I have no idea. John Connor. John Connor? Yeah, he was the one who got mixed with the nanites. You remember? Oh, Jason Isaac Clark. Yeah. And then Matt Smith was the AI, but no one ever saw him. Has Patrick Wilson been in a Christopher Nolan film yet? Yes. Because that's a perfect... He'd be perfect for Christopher Nolan films. Because he's someone that you know from stuff, but not quite. Yeah. You talk about Orn. He's this generation's Kevin Bacon. You talk about Orn, Ocean Master. Yeah. The director of Insidious, The Red Door. Did you do that? Yeah, it's he his sung first the theme direction tune as well. film. Did he? Yeah, he sang the theme tune. There's a cover... There's a song... They get fucking out I'm not kidding. Get the anyway, fuck out of here. No, one goodbye. second. One second. What's <laughs> the theme tune? What's... It's a cover of a song. He's doing it with um, some the band. The red door, the red door. Watch out, spooky red door. That's, that's that's a new one, isn't it? Red door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did. The, he sang the theme tune. Shut, shut the fuck up. Yeah, on. fucking Dennis Waterman. Patrick Wilson. One sec. Music by Joshua Bishara. But one sec. If I go to that music, yeah. I need to end this uh, thing. Ghost contributed a cover of the Shakespeare sister song "State." Yeah, Patrick that's it. Wilson's vocals are featured on the track. Yeah. Yeah, cover of stay. That was it. I couldn't remember. Stay what it was. another day. No, that's fucking. Stay now, stay now. That's not the song. Oh baby, I'm going away. That's not Shakespeare's sister. You don't know who Shakespeare's sister is, do you? Don't you stay another stay now? Can you not disrespect Shakespeare's sister? All right, sorry. What's Shakespeare's sister? They were a spin-off band from Banana Rama. Shaka Khan, Shaka Khan. There's one gonna stay with me. You do da 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 till the mother's gone. Da, 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 da. Oh, great the one song. the French and Saunders did a parody. Yeah, anyway, oh, who was them? Take a bye. Can you guess? Bye. Yeah, everybody, go listen to Patrick Wilson's cover of "Stay." Boris Johnson's a pedo. Andrew Tate's a pedo. If you're a black pillar, you're probably a pedo. Well, that's also libertarians. Lots of pedos. Yeah, because they want to reduce the age of consent. Mm. To stop them being pedos. Clever yeah. tactic, pedos, but yeah. still a pedo. Not going to work. Not going to work. I ain't falling for this. You'd be I arrested ain't... as soon as you go to any other country. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Fingers crossed anyway. Do you remember when... Do you remember when... No, Jim David... Americans don't leave America. Yeah, that's probably why. Mm. Do you remember when Jim Davidson um, defended Gary Glitter? Yeah. Recently. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember when Jim Davidson defended Gary Glitter? John Virgo was... think of that? Yeah. Probably agree. So yeah, like probably. Logan. Paul Golding's probably got like a 12-year-old sex slave in his basement. He's probably a big old pedo. Mm. Anyway, say goodbye. Isn't it weird the right wingers that are always like, don't touch kids, are always like, but I'm sex trafficking a lot of kids. Like Matt Gates, Ted Cruz probably, Andrew Tate. Jim Jordan fucked a bunch of kids. You remember that? He was a gym, he was like a, just like a gym coach and he apparently knew that kids were being sexually abused by the doctor that he was sending them to. Kept sending them to him. Mm. He's complicit in sex sex trafficking. Oh, good for him. What a sex crim. 
Uh, fucking bunch like of scumbags. They Americans, like they're very, very Americans are so America. fucked. What is going on with that country? I don't know. What's going on here? Fucking nuts, mate. I don't know. Tell me about it. You know, sometimes I just want to talk and talk and don't really have anyone to talk to about this stuff. And, you know, you, you can only talk to really live about it. Don't bother me with Liv it. Liv doesn't want to hear about this stuff. It's all very sad. I like talking to Liv about positive Oh, so you make me sad. Are you sad? Now I am. <laughs> what are you sad about? All the pedos? There's a bunch of them. I mean, just throw a rock, you're going to hit one. Just know my direction. I'm not one. But, I mean, you can hit me with a rock if that's going to make you feel better. I don't have any rocks to hand. Do you not have a transformer that turns into a rock? Wait, I do have a rock. (laughs) Where's that rock transformer? (laughs) It's friendly fire, isn't it? You've just taken down one of your own troops. Is that a hearthstone rock? It's a hearthstone (laughs) This has devolved into madness. I like this. First, we get to call a bunch of Republicans pedos, and then you throw a rock at me. Then I deflected a half stone, which I deflected like a pro. Now belongs to Microsoft. I deflected that really well, considering how close you are. You knocked over my figure. Okay, well that I'm sorry about, but you did throw a half stone at me. Maybe he's going to get more life points. Can I end this so I can? Yeah, let's just edit it tomorrow. Yeah, I mean I'm going to sleep. Bye. Bye.